Hello everybody and welcome back to Season 5 of Sequelizers. I am your host, Jack Chambers, as always, and joining me, my fellow Sequelizing compatriots, Mr. Matthew Stogden. I now issue a new commandment. Thou shalt do the dance. <laughs> if you've seen the film, oh, that makes sense. That's the thing. And it actually oh, does in the film. It, well, it, it makes sense. It, it, I guess. It makes sense as a reference. It does not make sense Correct. as a... Oh, God. Correct. And Mr. Tim Matum. Come to me, my animal friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're watching the trailer for Doolittle again. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> With the uh, dragon. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, God. That's a load of bullshit. Yep. That film's that film's probably in cinemas right now as you're listening to this, and technically right, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. probably with very few people in the audience. Let's hope so. No, it's going to do all right. No, I don't think it will. I half don't think. Term, I don't think. Mm, oh, is it a half term release? Half term, Robert Downey Jr. Animals. I, it's got uh, no competition really. Oh um, God! Oh God! Oh no! No. Mm. That's it's a real. Uh, this oh. film was written by an AI. Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe Sonic might be competing with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd much rather Good see Sonic, Sonic and his human legs uh, <laughs> than Robert Downey Jr. and his and non-human his... legs <laughs> and his tentacles. <laughs> mm, so Robert this week... Downey Jr. tentacle porn. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Stick that in your Can't rule, go rule one episode without <laughs> pornography coming rule up. Rule 34. We told rule you. Rule 34. We, told we didn't you do Dark Knight Rises Rule 34. It was the minions that brought out the filth in us. Anyway, this week, as you might have already guessed, listeners, we're fixing the decidedly unfunny Evan Almighty from 2007. Because fuck this movie. Mm. <laughs> fuck this saccharine family friendly bollocks that just takes all the bad bits of the first one and just turns them into an hour and a half we should highlight that uh, some people are thinking to themselves ah was uh i mean evan almighty is a bad film was bruce almighty that great of a film i agree with that statement yeah yeah um we wouldn't think so but we should point out that we are uh, men of a word and ultimately <laughs> um this pick came from Paddy Fancy over on Patreon. It did indeed. Uh, we obviously give people a chance. Well, no, within reason. You can't just say, I want this! It's like, we, we kind of covered this. Cover it again! It has to be a bad sequel that we've not covered before. Yeah, exactly. The, the rule there, yeah. And, and uh, it, it's definitely, as much as uh, Bruce Almighty is not going to set any awards on fire or whatever. Mm. I mean, it probably um, did set some it's probably, awards it's, on fire. Yeah, it's probably hmm. someone's favourite film because, you know, God, but, but, it's it's safe enough that it will be someone's favorite film. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But this is significantly worse than that. It, it is. It is prime sequelizer material. It's yeah. very, very bad. Um, but no. We, so we were tasked to fix it, and here we are. And it is an abomination. It is. So for those of you who may not know, Bruce Almighty is a Jim Carrey vehicle to the umpteenth degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it is Jim Carrey doing all his crazy shit, including. A Clint Eastwood impression for some reason, just because oh yes. he can do a Clint can, Eastwood yeah. impression. Yeah, apparently they literally included that because they knew he did it because he did it on SNL once or something like that. Yeah, and uh, they are oh, well, I'll be Clint Eastwood, and then yeah, starts looking at himself with the squinty eyes and the big gun and all that shit. And so you take all that hilarity from uh, Bruce Almighty as uh, Jim Carrey getting the powers of God and meeting Morgan Freeman, who is God, blah, 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 and learning to 
care about the little things and appreciate his girlfriend and be a good Christian, I guess. Probably. Sort of. <laughs> to get, get hit by a truck. Get hit by a truck eventually. <laughs> That's the most important bit. To then Evan Almighty, who is the kind of rival-ish dickhead guy from the first one, Evan Baxter, yeah. the anchor of the TV network that Bruce uh, works at, played by Mr. Steve Carell. For, he's basically... The character from that one scene that most people remember from Bruce Almighty, <laughs> where, yeah, where, where Jim Carrey makes Steve Carell do, say a bunch of bit. nonsense. Yeah. What's weird is that people remember that as good acting from Jim Carrey, despite the fact that obviously that's not how it was actually working, that's just the scene was working. That was Steve Carell doing that weird shit. Also, the deleted scene is like five minutes long. Yes. And is the best thing about that film is mm. that deleted scene. They literally set Evan on fire. His face is set on fire. Yeah. And then he's like, wow. And Bruce is covering like, wow, can you believe the first example of spontaneous human combustion on TV? It's not like lightning strikes twice, right? And then as he's being wheeled off to the hospital, there's just flames off the corner <laughs> of the screen. Oh, I stand corrected. Maybe the best joke of the whole movie. Cut out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's fair. it's a it's a weird combination of, I'm still talking about the first one here, Bruce Almighty. Of Jim Carrey rubber-faced mania and saccharine sweet Christian messages. It's and a they weird don't one. quite gel properly. They do a little bit, but it gets a bit weird. It feels very Truman Showy in certain ways. It feels very Ace Ventura and Masky in some ways. It's, it's fine. The first one is fine. The second one, fundamentally not funny. Mm-hmm. But Bruce Almighty, if memory serves... I can't remember if it's the director or the screenwriter... But there's a they're link. The same person. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there, I think there's co-writers, but yeah. Yeah, there's a link to Liar Liar, like the same people responsible for Tom it. Tom Shadjack directed Liar Liar, yeah, Ventura and, films Ventura, yeah. and Liar Liar. Yeah, and yeah. and it feel Bruce Almighty feels very much like Jim Carrey in Liar Liar mode, where it's like we're gonna get a good excuse for Jim Carrey to do a bunch of wacky bullshit and do his rubber-faced man stuff, um, and then there's gonna be a very a very sweet simple moral at the end of it where he reunites with his family and realizes that he should be a better person they also basically for the sequel apparently the plan was basically yes man Mm -hmm. because that makes a lot of sense yes man is kind of basically a sequel to bruce mighty sure and that makes a lot more sense than evan almighty but yeah yes man is also better than evan almighty the director tom shajak is one we should probably talk about um, because... He's a weird dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. So he did direct, as I say, the, the Ace Ventura films, the Liar Liar films. He directed something else, I think, with uh, Jim Carrey. But he, he and Carrey have worked together for quite some time, it seems. And they had a good relationship. And this is, as, as Tim's pointed out, an example of we can kind of just work this entire plot around two things. One, working to Carrey's strength so he doesn't really have to try very hard. And... Pushing Shadjack's agenda. Because <laughs> Shadjack is real godly. He's a, he's a man of the Lord. Mm. And uh, he went on some huge like spiritual journey thing and got rid of all his millions and possessions and stuff that he made from all the movies yeah. and like cleansed himself, then carried on making movies. <laughs> Hold on. He, he hasn't really made any sense ever in a while. Are you know? <laughs> still living in a mansion in Hollywood? Maybe. Mm. Shut up. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a weird guy, yeah. and we'll get onto that later because I think we have a, an interesting discussion for directors for the potential sequel. We do indeed. But 
yeah, he he is a he is a weird weird guy, mm. and a weird choice for director in general. I think it's more that they it's had the, the power Carey to do what they wanted to do. And yeah, Jim Carrey plus God equals <laughs> Shadak. Yeah, yeah. We should we should also say so. Ev- Evan Almighty takes that very minor character from the first film, has him also it completely removes him from that situation. He's no longer a uh, a TV anchorman. He's now a congressman. He's an anchorman for like five it's minutes. So yeah. weird. Literally, like five yeah, minutes. You from see the beginning him. Of the movie. You see him doing his final news broadcast, where they're also announcing that he's won his seat in Congress, as if he wouldn't have to stop being a news anchorman to run, to run. for Congress, because that's kind of a full time job. Um, so you see him leave that. That's that's like the little exposition dump at the beginning. He's now a congressman. He moves <clears throat> to Virginia. Um, and because then, reasons. And then um, God, as Morgan Freeman, appears and tells him to build an ark. You must build an ark. And uh. it's about him building an ark while also trying to be a US congressman and also trying to maintain his family who don't believe him. Or initially, don't uh, his kids believe him, mm. but then his wife is worried that he's gone crazy, which is a justifiable yeah. uh, thing. Uh, and pass a single bill through yes. Congress or something, yeah, which is like the happy, clappy Jesus bill or something. It's the it's the arc. It's the a random act of kindness, but no, no, that's no, that's no. the 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 single bill is the whole the housing shit. Yes, isn't it? it's the uh, opening up the national parks. Oh to, God, yeah, to companies basically but, uh, they do pass arc at the end as well. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we shouldn't say it's so crazy ridiculous. How could you go from being a TV anchor to a congressman? Because a TV guy became president. So yeah. I mean, it's always a, in inverted commas business. Um, but ultimately it's it's two members of the uh, two cast members of the film predator have been governors (laughs) (laughs) this is true so it is a very strange startup as it were and to to transition from we have a guy who is a bit egotistical and vain and very self-centered you know shouting in the face of god saying you're not doing your job and given the powers of god as a test to a guy who in 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 Evan Almighty at least is a nice person already. It he's seems. a lovely family man out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> he also no inclination of that in the first one. No, whatsoever. But he's just he's just a buffoon in the first one. Like there's nothing. He's yeah. just a bit of an. But he, he's also a dick. He's like an egomaniac dick who purposefully double crosses Bruce and steals his ideas. He's and a TV anchor. He's a TV anchor. He, he reminds me very much of the uh, the TV anchor in Die Hard. Who, oh yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Thornburg. Yeah, who's mm. like. Suck it, Richard, and then the, he's already live. Or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. Oh, maybe Thumbag is maybe maybe not. I don't care. Yeah. Point is, you're right. He's he's transitions from not like an evil, malevolent personality, but a bit of a twat and a very mm. um, self-centered, driven individual. To he's like the closest thing that film has to an antagonist, basically. Yeah. Apart from God, the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he's literally this nice family guy with three kids and a wife, and he's good with them. Like, we're going to go on a hike together. It's like, what the fuck is all this? And then he is charged to build up. And I have a problem because the first film kind of makes sense. And in, in a sort of, if you want to do like a, a, even a simple allegorical sort of religious y sort of film and say, well, okay, if you had any crisis of faith you do lash out at you know whatever your makers that, that makes complete sense to have someone else though just be told you're now going to have to build an ark 
It's like, oh, so we're doing the exact same biblical story as, as Noah. Yes. In the universe when the Noah story already exists. Yes. <laughs> and everyone knows what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to also be kind of like the Santa Claus. Yes. Starring Tim Allen. <laughs> it's so like the Santa Claus. The, the ma- almost the main source of comedy yeah. for this entire fucking movie is basically that bit in the bathroom from, from Santa Claus. Oh, my beard's growing. I yep. better trim it. Oh, no, I can't trim it. Better pluck my nose hairs. It's like a unfunnier version of the scene from 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yes. yes. It's yes. Steve Carell waxing himself is a thousand times more funny than Steve plucking nose hairs. And it feels like there's about 15 minutes where the only thing that they're trying to real like ring comedy out of is, look, he's got a big beard now. Because that's obviously an essential requirement to building an arc is yes. having a beard. And and sort of rags. To, yeah. to put it into perspective, Jim Carrey didn't put blackface on in Bruce Almighty, did he? <laughs> no. Except he was God. Yeah. It was it's he doesn't. Oh, now you look like Morgan Freeman. Has, like, yeah, he uh... has the powers of God. It's like, what does that mean? Well, technically, arguably in this film, sort of how Jim Carrey wants to be. I'm gonna lasso the moon and bring it down. It's like Okay, and then draw stars on, and obviously yeah. the consequences are kind of addressed, kind of. In this film, it's so much more simple. If you leave a window open, animals are coming in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you what? grow a beard, and your animals are right outside yeah. your door. Yeah. Having said that, though, this film does have a very clear antagonist, and it is... A dam. <laughs> That's... Valid point. I'm not wrong. No, I was going to say technically John Goodman. But it, yeah, that is it's, correct. it's very much it's John, John Goodman. Goodman. It's absolutely yeah. John Goodman. But the dam is a good show. Also a dam. Um, and he's I'm, fine. I'm so glad that I got to watch this film film where beloved actor John Goodman gets shit on by a bunch of birds and then spat on by an alpaca. I mean, that does also sound like the Flintstones movie. Yeah. But they're dinosaurs, so it's fine. They're dinosaurs. It's much better. No, it is... It is uh, there's quite a lot of fecal batter in this film. I think also, like, Evan gets It's a kid's movie. Oh, of course it's in these farts and shit jokes. The last the one wasn't, but this one is. Yeah. Because that works out really well for sequels with our track record, right, yeah. guys? Yeah, there is a big Make shift. Make it more family-friendly. Uh, Fuck off. Yeah, from... from and, it, and let's just face it, Bruce's stuff is to get ahead. He, he, if you take the actual sincere side, which is very uncomfortable when it comes around, because you have Jim Carrey... Um, trying to act, yeah, and <laughs> him, him basically saying, "I'm gonna bang the shit out of my girlfriend." Yeah, take this, Jennifer. Aniston. She's got bigger boobs. Yeah, I'm gonna get revenge on the like Latino gang that made like, oh yeah, tried to mug me, or I can't remember I'm what. They, sh- I'm gonna shove a monkey up that yeah. guy's ass. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, no, yeah. you didn't exactly. And then it goes to like, uh, oh, answering prayers, and you got Jennifer Aniston very just tired on the floor crying and praying and it's like oh this film's trying to be serious now this feels a bit out of place um but then he does this silly jim carrey face where he answers him and taps really quickly on a 90s keyboard oh god (laughs) very true but heaven almighty doesn't have that it has almost all sincere all the time it's all the saccharine sweetness of the first one mushed into a big blob and then being like and put it on the deckhead from the first movie. Yeah, and it's a weird cast because Steve Carell's good in this, in the sense that he's trying to just. If it was like a made for TV, yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah. Um, it's for he if before he's become big enough that he doesn't have to worry about this shit. Um, Jonah Hill's in it, and that's weird. Yeah, he feels massively out of place, even though I know he's just about you know just starting at this point. Yeah. Um, 
Wanda Sykes is Wanda Sykes might be the funniest thing about she this. Probably it, is, yeah. It's got a it's got a weirdly deep bench for the cast. It does, and I think that's possi- It's possibly just like a product of it being made in two thousand was it two thousand seven, and, yes. and looking back at it now and having like, oh look, it's Ed Helms just playing this tiny bit part as, a, of course as he wasn't, another fucking yeah. um, anchor man. Because they're all mates from that comedy scene. Exactly. So yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, of course they're all just hanging out. And, and you've got like there's jo- a very young Jonah Hill, and like you said, yeah, yeah. a small Ed Helms and all that kind of. Like, also, Shadjack's launched a lot of people's careers with things like mm. the Ace Ventura stuff and yeah. the Liar Liar things, and he's done well with Carrie. So why would this be anything other than an arguable success? Mm. I'm pretty sure. Bruce Almighty, although I don't know about critically, but fiscally made a lot of money. Yeah. And then no one saw everyone away. Which was a shame because it was the most expensive comedy of all time uh, up until... Men in Black 3 is yeah. what surpassed yeah. it. It's and also you are stretching the bounds of the word comedy. Yes, yes very sure. In it's both also, of those films. Yes. It's a remarkably ugly film. I mean, none of it, the cinematography looks particularly good. Um... Everything feels very shot on a stage somewhere because it fucking was. And the animal shots, the sheer layer, uh, I can't remember what they call it, it's um, key layering or whatever the mm. fuck it is, uh, where you just have all these very obviously, get a sheep, stand in front of the green screen, stand <laughs> as still as you can. Okay, move it out, move it out. Scan the sheep. <laughs> yeah, and then you have a static shot of, uh, you know, Steve Cross sitting at a desk in the desk mm. trying to balance all these visuals. And this looks fucking awful. Yep. I thought I thought it didn't look like the CGI hasn't aged terribly, which in films of this era where they are... It was 12 years ago or 13 years ago. To be yeah, fair. where yeah. they, especially like comedy films where they just like, oh, it's a like a, a, a fantasy comedy, so we've got to throw some CGI in there. There are some terrible examples of that. This one, sure. there's only a few shots where it's really egregious, but there's there's a lot of shots where it's just like, Oh no! I, I can clearly tell this is CGI. The actual mm-hmm. flood itself is pretty decent. Like the water, that's, of, the uh, that's water. That's true. I will, I will give you that. Well that's done. true. That's true. But that is not enough to save this piece of shit. But it is. But it is a very mundane-looking film. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no. It's flat. Vi- it, it, it's no visual imagination, like you say. Yeah, it's really mm. flat. Um, and yeah, I think I think that the tone is just the oddest part of this mm. because it it goes for a very different kind of thing than Bruce Almighty did because part of Bruce Almighty is he can't tell anyone he's God um, and the the moral message is quite simple there it's like I'm going to give you all these powers you're a selfish person so of course you're going to be selfish using them and then you're going to realise you have responsibilities and that you should be caring for the people around you Yeah. whereas this film is like there's an initial kind of uh, road bump where Steve Carell's character has to kind of accept that God is talking to him and he has to build an ark. But then the majority of the conflict is basically other people not believing him and making fun of him. Um, and it f- it starts to feel very much like Kirk Cameron should crop up and uh. be like, and a banana is shaped like this because God has designed it that way yeah. for human hands. Yeah. I, I almost, almost went the Kirk Cameron route as a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought I made too many Tom Hardy jokes in my time that rises. Be- I can't purposefully tank my own sequel because I hate Kirk Cameron. Because, like, obviously you get all these shows of, like, yes, there's very clearly supernatural stuff going on here. And so people should believe, you know, there's literally animals are flocking to this guy and yeah. you know he's he's just like Doolittle, right guys <laughs> yeah or the woman home alone too yeah oh yeah 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 um so like there's these clear shows of at least some kind of divine intervention going on yeah um 
but you, but also everyone around him is going like, you can't possibly be Noah. Like you, mo- mo- mockery, mockery for you. Shame, shame, sir. Um, as if you wouldn't have if if you showed up on american tv and were like oh, hello i'm surrounded by animals and uh i grew this miraculous beard overnight mm. uh, and god says there's going to be a flood come help me build an ark you would definitely have people showing up enough people would believe in it. i'm gonna yeah. point out i'm pretty sure that america has and i could be wrong with this two Jesus. replica arcs oh, yes yes they do actual size absolutely uh, as per whatever in real life or whatever yeah. Fuck it is. yeah so it would not be hard to say yeah, the the public would rally to him, and it, mm. it's like when it's like the cook is like, "And who told you this thing?" <sighs> and she, you know, what's the hell's the actress's name um, from Gilmore Girls? Oh, Lauren Graham. It is Lauren Graham. Yeah, I, I, I thought there was a character in Gilmore Girls. Yeah, she's like, "Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it." God, and it's like, <laughs> this is the thing. And we'll get to this more in a minute with religion. It is a remarkably remarkably cringeworthy made for tv film that somehow got a sprawling budget out of control and any potential fun if that's the right word was sucked out of the script in the very first go it's like ah i think really we need to focus on the message here what's the message bible (laughs) (laughs) like okay and and what are we trying to tell people because again what does the film and i know you're talking about the idea of like the, the, the message for him, Bruce Almighty, mm. you know, be nice and community, that's the way cookie crumbles, blah, blah, blah. It's hard to know what the message of Evan Almighty is because he's already kind of quite a nice person somehow. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. And that should be the fucking journey. Yeah. As we might get on to mm. later on. He's a little bit a little bit selfish because he wants to get ahead and wants his family to be happy, but that's just self-interest. But that's, we'll get to that in a second. Um, America. America. Uh, it's the American dream. And... There are two things I think the film is trying to say. Uh, sorry, let me try that again. There are two things Morgan Freeman says the film is trying to say and in character. <laughs> the first thing he says is, um, "Why did you pick me?" And 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 he says, "You want to help people." And it's like, that's that's dumb. That's really fucking dumb. That doesn't make any sense. There are probably countless examples of other people who want to help the situations and or help the world or be a better place or whatever that. But the other thing is that he's trying to counsel Lauren Graham in a family diner thing and she tries to get a refill of chips or some shit and he says oh i love stories and says sometimes people just uh oh he talks about the story of noah mm. and says the way i see it it's a it's a it's a very romantic story about it's, love it's, and, a, it's about bringing your family together yeah someone to, pra- you know in a big project to build an ark yeah someone prays and like how do i bring my family together and this is the way it's like no <laughs> no that is no and now i have to talk about great length and before about some stuff the other big Noah film <laughs> is Darren Aronofsky's Noah. Now I'm going to ask you, Jack, have you seen Darren Aronofsky's Noah? Take a guess, Matthew. It's your favourite film, cool. Absolutely. Uh, Tim? I have not, but I I have heard anecdotes about it because I, certain people, like friends of mine, saw it and were like, wow, this film is bark wild. Yeah. I, I'm aware of its existence and its <laughs> reputation. Yeah, exactly. So that is one where it's a very unique film this is the thing i actually kind of enjoyed it because it's fucking terrifying at times <laughs> um i thought it was a really interesting take because it's a guy who uh, aronofsky that is i believe he's raised jewish thought that part of the bible was very interesting and weird and never got that out of his head and so made a film about it in an aronofsky way 
And it's like, what the fuck is this? It's <laughs> genuinely mental. But at the same time, some of it is really, really interesting in its execution because he's a very talented filmmaker. Mm. So that becomes, again, quite interesting. Um, there's some stop motion stuff with fallen angels and things. Not kidding. Um, and there's um, obviously lots of weird CGI stuff. There's terrifying imagery. The, one of the best things I've seen in that film is they're in the arc. Spoilers. Which which is a box, not a boat. Um, And (laughs) they're listening outside as everyone is dying and drowning. And it's terrifying because it looks like a painting, like a Gustave Doré kind of thing, uh, etchwork kind of thing. The top of a mountain, like a Himalayan peak, and there's desperate humans scrabbling for the last bit of land as the the flames, as the um, waves are going higher and higher. And they can hear them all screaming in this awful chorus. And then it cuts the inside. Russell Crowe's like, they can't be let inside. It's like, oh my God, this is brutal. (laughs) Because again, the reality is that, you know, if everyone drowns, except for you and your fucking lifeboat, that's what happens. Oh, the other one I should mention is uh, 2012. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's a very weird film, but at least it tries and it's a very capable filmmaker making it. It's, it's quite interesting in that mm. regard. I think it's genuinely weird, but it knows it is. It's got Anthony Hopkins with a flaming sword. Doesn't... Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, doesn't Ray Winston also have a flaming sword? Ray Winston has a... Do they what? fight with their Ray... Or he has, fl- he has, like, he pulls a... He eats a lizard's face. He pulls something out of the earth or something, like yeah. a big hammer or I'll something. I've got the yeah. cane. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit where they... It's a very... I need to see this. This sounds fucking it's very amazing. It's also a film about vegetarianism. <laughs> Sign me up. They there's like they, they eat... They throw like a, a, a animal to a crowd. It's torn apart. It's horrible. And it makes you just never want to eat animals ever again. Um, but it's, Not it is... Not a problem. Yeah. It's a very, 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 really weird one. However, it comes from a place where the guy who has a religious background is trying to uh, assess something in his life that mm. he's like, I never really understood this. And then at the end of the film... I still don't really understand. Yeah, you see Russell Crowe drunk on the sand and his family excluded. It was so weird. I was going to say, I was really disappointed that the post, like, credit scene, rather than fucking Morgan Freeman doing a dance yep. in this, wasn't... Uh, Steve Carell gets so drunk he passes out and then uh, two of his sons cover him up and then the son who didn't gets shamed and sent off to another part of the earth yep that's literally that's the... that's the bible yeah and that's that's in the Clim- uh, Clim- Mansell, that's the, um, the composer that's in the Darren Aronofsky version and it's fucking great um, but I believe personally as a Catholic um, there are only a few types of religious films that work in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm now going to list them for you. The Scientology ones. They're the only ones that matter. Louis <laughs> Theroux's documentary on Scientology. So the other documentary about Scientology. <laughs> well, do, no, do, okay, well, let's that one. Documentary is a good one. Documentary is a great shout. Things like um, yeah. Unmistaken Child and Jesus Camp and Shower and things like that. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm learning something here. That makes sense. You have every right to say what you want to say. Musical, <clears throat> such as Jesus Christ Superstar. I would actually say... Almost all of the musical stuff, like Prince of Egypt and things, falls under old sword and sandal tale stuff, like Ben Hur and Tank Moments. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, the other one is people of religion suffering, so like the Passion of Christ, the Mission, even Schindler's List and stuff. It's cavalry. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, cavalry yeah, is a good yeah. example. Yeah, exactly. Um, silence. Yeah, silence. Yeah, yeah. silence. Yeah. Um, yeah. The supernatural evil one, so like the Omen, the Exorcist, and oh right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. anything like do with like unknown. Shit. You could arguably include Constantine in that. <laughs> that. 
It's it has a sure. lot of actual religious yeah. conversations in it. Um, introspective analyses, so you get things like the chosen and the two popes and stuff. Where you think, well, hang on, we need to address what it is to be a religion. Mm. And the last one is everything by Darren Aronofsky <laughs> and, and everything by Martin Scorsese. Oh wow! Um, where, but, where, where does dogma fall into that? Dogma falls into that, and technically, I would say introspective analyses. Yeah, I would agree. And so does technically um, Life of Brian. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. yeah, that's yeah. the ones that are tolerable. They're the ones where you sort of watch and go, oh, okay, now I see what you're doing here. Mother, mm. for example. It's, or, or silence, or, or, mm. or half the things that Scorsese has done um, to analyse the nature of just getting your head around what it means to have religion in your life or whatever. Mm. That's tolerable because it unites two types of audiences. Ones who think, well, this is all batshit weird crap. Mm. And the others who think, ah, that helps me with my own perspective on things. Yeah. And you also get at the same time get to learn about other people's religions if it's like Little Buddha starring Keanu Reeves or something. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. However, there is a definite line of arguable uh, cynicism and sincerity. If you go too far away from cynicism, too far from entertainment and too far towards sincerity, you end up with Hallmark movie bullshit. And this one really feels like Mm. that. And it's, it's... it feels like an advert for like a Christian summer camp. It does. And it's so so painfully honest with it. And it Mm. feels... I say cringeworthy is the only thing I can think about because it, it, I mean, even people who do not have any form of Christian or other or Judeo Christian background. Say Jedi for a second. Then. Jedi's <laughs> know this, know the story of Noah. Mm. It's quite straightforward, even though it's batshit insane mm. and doesn't make a lot of sense. But to play it off in a film like this as a main narrative structure of story is such a weird fucking... Of all the things they could have done off of Bruce Almighty, this is what they chose. I'm not not comparing of an Almighty to Cats. <laughs> but I am. <laughs> there is no structure. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's very weird that after the kind of... After the model of God that they present in Bruce Almighty, which is a very compassionate quite hands-off version of god true where you're meant to accept like oh he's kind of you know he's there and he occasionally comes down and you know looks after a person who's having a crisis uh and he's you know doing bits and pieces but you know the whole point is that when bruce gets his powers he does a whole bunch of intrusive shit so clearly god can't be doing that stuff normally yes and then they go for a story here which is fundamentally old testament god who is willing to you know wipe everyone out wipe everyone out um and you know show up and give people messages that they have to do this big dramatic bullshit yes. to to you know prove faith and stuff like that um it's a very odd switch to make and mm-hmm. it feels like the target audience for this is people who are not so religious that they found the very concept of like a Bruce Almighty film offensive and like how dare you you know show god as you know Morgan Freeman, not sure. necessarily from a racist point of view, but just don't want to see God portrayed as a man I by any actor. Yeah, it was, it was a Venn diagram there. Yeah. It was banned in certain religious countries. I think yeah. it was because they dared depict God as a human as a being, yeah. full stop. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. Or, the, yeah, or the the idea that you know a human could have God's powers and that kind of yes, thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so not not them, but also people who are religious enough that they will look at all the people who are yelling at 
uh, Evan for being stupid and ha ha how you think there's a flood coming you idiot and they will watch it and think to themselves I wouldn't be that stupid I'd get on the ark because uh, yeah if I saw that I'd I'd believe mm. uh, I you know I'd see the miracles and I wouldn't doubt and and uh, I'm you know because because I'm chosen I'm, I'm chosen I'm a good person and yeah. I I'd I'd uh, I'd get on the ark and I'd be fine America <laughs> yeah um and we should point out that the the flood that happens in Evan Almighty is not a world destroying flood. It is the a dam that John Goodman, who plays a senior congressman, yeah, um, has been working to get, and the bill that they're working on is related to it somehow. But he's like he's kind of in with the construction companies, and they've cut corners, and so the dam collapses, and it floods the area where. Um, Evan has been building his ark. Yep. Which is very remarkably close to DC, if you would believe this film. Yeah. Um, the, the geography of this film is weird. Um, but, and and as, as it's flooding, as well as all the animals, Evan gets the people who live in his neighborhood up onto the ark so that they're saved and they wouldn't be hurt by the flood. But the flood would definitely kill people because it goes on, it, it stretches from the outskirts of Virginia, where it's still quite rural, all the way into the center of Washington DC because yep. the, the arc ends up hitting the Capitol building. It does. There are a lot of people in between those two points, and the floods. Hundreds of people. H- hundreds of were them. like evacuated from their homes, office buildings. Probably yeah. died. Mm. Yeah, like it's still a biblical disaster. Yeah, people definitely die in this, and there are millions of dollars worth of property damage. Yeah. the Smithsonian is there. Yeah, that can't oh, be fuck. good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, and arguably, it's not God that does that. It is the shoddy building of the dam. But, it's but a, God could have stopped yeah. that. Yes, we, but we have a model of God who, who could clearly stop it and yeah. knew it was going to happen. And rather than saying, like, hey, look into that dam because it's going to collapse, uh, just was like, yeah, build an ark uh, and uh, rescue some people, but... Um, mostly not, animals. Mostly animals. And, uh, you know, any, anyone who's not kind of within running distance of the arc, fuck him. Fuck him. Yeah. And what's his face from Breaking Bad? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. To Hank? Yeah. 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 Fuck's sake. It, it is a very frustrating film because, as Tim mentioned, Morgan Freeman... Uh, no, again, we've gone over this many times. A sequel that retcons the ideas of the first film is very frustrating and feels like a reboot. Sometimes it can work, like Bumblebee. Other times it feels like a fucking slap in the face. And this, this, as we said, does both of these things. It does the wreck on the first one and the family-friendly bullshit. Mm. Oh, entirely. It's the two, the, 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 yeah. the cardinal sins, to, to coin a phrase. <laughs> and, and Bumblebee, to, to single that one out, works because the Transformers franchise has already contradicted itself so many times. This is true. <laughs> nobody, Very true. Nobody could possibly look at that and go, well, it had a consistent storyline before, yeah. and Bumblebee came and screwed it all up. It's not the fucking second installment. Yeah. Um, but Morgan Freeman as a uh, slightly whimsical old man, but also, as you say, hands-off, kind of not involved. But then in this one, he's like actively going around. And as I mentioned earlier, Darren Aronofsky's Noah is a, gu- a-, a filmmaker trying to get his head around his own belief system when he was a kid. Whether he believes it or not now, it doesn't matter. It's a story he's made and he's trying to make it his own entertaining thing. Again, whether it's entertaining or not is irrelevant. It's that he's trying to uh, work through the concept of what he was taught as a child. And what, to be fair, people still teach children, that Mm. kind of stuff. This does the same thing and has Morgan Freeman actively saying, well, it's not a story of destruction and death. No, no, no. (laughs) It's a story of love. 
Apart from all the destruction and death. tons of destruction and death. What the fuck are you talking about? Even in this film, there's tons of destruction and death. Mm. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it's like, well, Evan was trying to do the right thing. Like, <laughs> I don't think he was in yeah. that regard. And I don't think anything is really accomplished except some wolves growl at John Goodman. And not those wolves. And then an alpaca. Oh, hocks in his face. Hocks with, in his face. With like what looks like baguana or some and he shit. Gets, and he gets pooped on by birds. Oh, so stupid. But it's painfully obvious stupid. It's cartoon stupid. Mm. If this film was an animated straight-to-DVD sequel, it might have fared better. Because you'd go, eh, this is going to be shit. But I know <laughs> it's going to be This will be shit. harmless kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. I remember when this got advertised, and I saw the advert for it, and it had almost all of the film shown in the trailer um, of the 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 Santa Claus-esque beard growing. Mm. Oh, God, it's bigger. Oh, no. Mm. A lot of that nose shaving, plucking, whatever yep. montage goes in that trailer as well. And, you know, God appearing in a car. Shocking and stuff we've already seen. First thing he says when Morgan Freeman, a African-American gentleman, appears in the back of his car oh, is, God, yeah. Carjacker! Carjacker! See, that feels more in line with the Evan we kind of know from the first Exactly. Film. That's yeah. the moment where you're like, oh, that's Evan Baxter. Yeah. And of course, he turns to the cop who is also Morgan Freeman and he freaks out. Uh, hilarity ensues. Being John Malkovich. <laughs> Um, I'd watch Being Morgan Freeman as a sequel to Being John Malkovich. Adaptation is technically the sequel to Being John Malkovich, I guess. <laughs> we'll get back to that later. <laughs> um, yeah, it's inconsistent. And this Morgan Freeman... Again, this feels like Shadiak trying to say, um, well, here's why I think the flood is okay. And here's why I think this Bible bit is actually fine. cleanses the heathens from the <laughs> earth. Yeah, it, it does feel like someone's like taking this really awkward... Because, I mean, again, growing up Catholic, you give others something the Bible, like, I don't understand. Why is it this bad? Why does he ask Abraham to kill his only son? Why does he almost do it? It's a test. It's a test. It's like, that's a bad thing. <laughs> why doesn't he just forgive that's Adam very, and Eve? That's a very mean thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's little, little Catholic Matthew's like, it, 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 so everything is about forgiveness. Yeah, that's right. Why doesn't God forgive Adam and Eve? Shut up. <laughs> you sh- shut the fuck up right now. Why, why are we still punished? Shut up. Um, but it, it is a weird, you know, it's, it, it, and you either come to the terms of this adult thing, well, oh, parables, yada, 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 mm. and moral stories and guidelines, and etc. Or you try and rationalize it and end up with Evan Almighty, where he's like, well, obviously good people have difficult times. And you're like, okay. And then I give them a fun little game. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bit of luck, and I ruin their lives. But ultimately... They're happier for it. Are they? Because I don't think anyone's happy at the end of the film. <laughs> also, not not to harp on at this, the at the end of the biblical story of Noah's Ark, mm. God sends the rainbow to say, I'll never do this again. Ever again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so strange because it's like, again, if you go into the film and think, oh, Noah's Ark, two by two, animals, yeah, okay, that's why there's no unicorns or some bullshit. And you're like, I get it, that makes complete sense. Except for the fact that it doesn't, because if you know anything about the story, you still know the whole, isn't it like that it never happens again and it was like mm. one-off and everything goes really bad after that and doves somewhere in there. It's it's so surreal and people know or people know enough about it to know that whatever this film is trying to say, it's not saying very well. Mm. And it does look like they've just gone through what are the big biblical stories we can use. Yeah. And they've sort of settled on this one because it, hits the Judeo side of things and the Christian side of things and thinks this won't offend anybody. 
It's like, I mean, maybe not, but it also won't entertain anybody either. It, it feels like a really weird compromise between a studio searching for a film that they, for a, for a story that they can make as a sequel to a successful film and Shajak wanting to make a film, a kind of, a kind of personal film about his faith. I guess. And like, one of one of those two direction the the cynical sequel probably wouldn't be good the shajak film probably also wouldn't be good but it would at least be interesting yeah. like but there's no sense there's no sense of like a uh, uh, anyone interrogating their faith or even examining or expressing like really what his yeah. true beliefs are it's just a very surface level like yay a vague sense of popular christianity yeah um with with no kind of yeah no no sense of like but what does that actually mean mm. and playing it very safe so that it won't offend anyone see if it was set in france or england it might be a bit better because there is that generation well i say generation hundreds of years of mm. of religious turmoil and also the fact that there's this general cynicism to everything in general mm. i mean a lot of people in britain say like we're a christian country it's like not really. It's non, most non-practicing is not really a thing over mm. here. Say France, even more so. You mm. can't wear certain a religious lot of Europe symbols. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, now. Yeah. that makes more of a sense for it to be that you're doing something that's outrageous. Like you can't be seriously mental. Mm. Uh, whereas America is maybe maybe it's less so now in 2020, but in 2008, sorry, 2007, six years after 9/11, where everyone mm. is very united in, the, as in certain sides of things, mm. like you know digging in the trenches and people on news channels are making it a culture war, a mm. a clash of socio-political, economic and religious sort of turmoil saying very, you know, I'm very big subject matter, I apologize, but it's, it's a, it's a weird time to release it. Having said that, as I'm speaking, that sounds like 2020, Matt. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It's a good point. That's what I wanted to chip in with because that sounds <laughs> like Donald Trump's America. It does. Uh, but yeah. I, I just had an epiphany. What if Uh-oh. Shadyak was visited by God? He probably thinks he was. <laughs> and on. told, you have to make a Noah film. No one's <laughs> You gonna... have to build an ark. <laughs> build an ark. On a film set. Yeah. With Steve Carell. <laughs> who? Him. And, yeah. Who? And if he said who, it's like, you said your previous film, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> Shadyak might not know. You never know. But yeah, it does feel like someone's like, and you can't tell anyone that I told you to do this. But you kind of can. <laughs> Morgan Freeman go Tom Shadjack and just be like, yep. Do it. You need to build an ark. My friend, Tom Shadjack. <laughs> um, then it, he went to Darren Armstrong and said something. <laughs> it definitely feels like a, a slightly more audience, like wide audience friendly version of those. Christianity is under attack and we're actually the most... Um, oh, the belittled the, group. Uh, yeah, yeah, the most... Uh, we're the minorities. Yeah, yeah, we're the... We're the subjugated ones um there's the america in this film bears no resemblance to the actual america even though that's not that's not like a it's not a point of the film that you Mm. know oh this is a it's a an america where only steve carell is a christian basically it it (laughs) feels like the kind of america that is dictated okay i was in uh miami and i was staying in an airport hotel recently and i was watching an early in the morning television and there was so much because it's a southern state and it's florida Mm. so much god on the Mm. television and again that was 
I mean, I'm I'm fucking half Irish. <laughs> I'm used to the Virgin Mary statues popping out of hedges like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works over there? Not even kidding. Yeah. Um, literally, as you land in Knock Airport, like, you, where are we? You know where you are. There's a fucking Virgin Mary statue on the on the. Uh, That's why she's always holding way. that hand up. It's so you can high five it. <laughs> Pretty much. I thought that was waving the planes in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm used to that sort of symbolism, but I'm not used to people very actively on television saying God is here. Mm-hmm. And, but again, the America, again, they, the like spiritual healing bullshit. Oh, entirely. Yeah. yeah. And the, yeah. the America they're projecting is that they're always under attack and that they are, you know, give me the, the money for your seed. And that sounds like a very strange, disgusting thing to say, but the idea is that like, what's the seed thing? And my wife was half awake. So what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> and I was like, I'm watching American seeds. Um, and I was like, what is it? It's like, uh, and it's the idea that like, it's an envelope and you put some cash in the envelope and you send it to this guy and then some good shit happens to you yeah and sometimes it's not the good shit you think and you also get an envelope back saying that was really good what you just did now send some more that, that's entirely it and i was like the fuck is this and all these things are portrayed and these people when they get going the sort of uh as weird as it sounds we're gonna have to come back to this conversation in a few episodes time but i can't spoil what that's gonna be about oh yeah we are yeah we are <laughs> um but ultimately the, the the evangelical TV sort of style thing projects this America under attack. The secular world would have you believe that it is still in God we trust. And dogs and cats laying down together. Yeah, it's it's all kind of intense, and it's very much a recruitment drive sort of mm. shit. And it's kind of the film this thing projects like you are constantly under attack at all mm. times by those who do not believe mm. they may seem like nice people with good intentions mm. but ultimately they're here to destroy your soul mm. you're like all right can you be an there's evangelical no, preacher now there's, <laughs> there's no faith in the government anymore they've oh. taken taken away school prayer and our society's on the brink of collapse those bastard insert whoever the villain of the day is yeah. here um, except as Jack pointed out, it's 2020. <laughs> Trump's saving the day. Probably a <sighs> version of a garbled Donald Trump speech. Yeah. Regurgitated by a sequelizer. Easily. But the film narrative projects a world that doesn't exist. Mm. And that's not a normal thing to say about fucking film. Mm. That's just what films do. Yeah. But in this case, it's it, it struck the wrong chord because the public didn't turn up for it it's, and critics didn't turn up for it yeah and the world that it creates is very much that fucking Kirk Cameron saving Christmas type oh, of yeah. world yeah. where Christians are the you know the um, master race is that what you're about no to no Christ- Christians <laughs> are the minority who are being oh, subjugated sorry, yes, 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 sorry, yes. That one, yes. And, um, they've been pushed out by atheists yeah. and Jews and Muslims and mm. other things that the Americans people who want to say Happy Holidays rather than Merry Christmas. Bastards. It's a Merry Christmas. Janine Pirro is yeah. on Fox News. It's Merry Christmas and to everyone else out there. Merry Christmas is what I said, you heathen bastards. The um, thing that I feel that the most like moment in this film that captures that you could basically just go like, that's it, that's the film. Yeah, is. Fucking uh, Morgan Freeman showing up in uh, a U.S. Congress like um, committee uh, to stand up alongside Steve Carell as they say the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Fuck off. And I feel like you could just show that film and then and Fuck then show off. Steve. You show that little moment and then show Steve Carell trimming his nose hair and go. That's it. That's the that's film. a whole film. That's, that's the, the whole, whole film. film. Yeah. Just darting back and forth between things. And let's face it, it leans very heavily on one rather than the other. Yeah. 
It's very strange because usually on sequelizers, we'll take a film and we'll say Highlander 2 is shit for these reasons. Here's why it's functionally bad. Here's why the cinematography is bad. The, the, the script is terrible. The story is not very good. The acting's ropey. Yada, 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 yada. Visual effects don't work. Mm. Whatever it is. This one becomes a huge statement about the state of society yeah. in 2007 America. If in you had, the, if you had the told me dumbest that. fucking film. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you in, told me that, like, oh, we're tackling Evan Almighty and we're going to go into, like, deep political and social commentary yeah. with the state of the universe and, yeah. in 2007. It's like, okay. Because it, at the end of the day, it's a film, and, and this is the thing, and we will again cover this in later series and we haven't covered this in certain episodes again. Religion comes up in the same way that science fiction comes up, in the way that horror or mm. fantasy or anything comes up because it's a... It's a a real world source of things that people believe in or turn to or whatever. So it's a it's a, mm. a relatable thing. Arguably, every fucking Christmas film is a religious film, if you <laughs> want to focus on that way. But the point is, this one takes itself very seriously. Mm. And because of that, and that's part of the biggest problem with this film, mm. it has no real self-awareness and it genuinely seems like it's trying to not recruit people. That's definitely the wrong word, but... Yeah, is it the wrong word though? I don't know. Maybe it is trying to recruit people. It's a bit propagandary. It's trying to trying to reinforce a certain worldview. I think that's a festival. Yeah, I think that's that's Absolutely. probably right. Yeah, and yeah. it's weird because because for a film that is so much more concerned with like morality and stuff like that, I think like this film has a more muddled moral message than Bruce Almighty. It really does. Bruce Almighty, you can let these point out and go like, yeah, it's saying that you should look out for the people around you and be a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this film is like. I don't quite understand. Like, yeah, and the idea that just because you ask for it doesn't mean you get it because there are reasons, mm. and it, it kind of takes the very simple childlike notion of what a god could be and says, if you were to try and attempt it, you would it would blow your mind. Like mm. the idea of like, okay, I'm I can do this, I can do this. I will process all the prayers into rather than voices, mm. emails, and it's too much. And I get that concept, and it's technically. A, a, an approachable and simple thing. And again, adding Jim Carrey's silliness, mm. um, him effectively parting the Red Sea in his coffee or whatever it is. Yeah. But it's silly his shit. Tomato his tomato soup. Yeah, so soup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's silly shit, but it's silly shit that sort of has a bit of a sly in joke, but enough of a thing for the crowd mm. to say, oh, look, and also he's going to go pow and that girl's skirt's going to go up and you're going to see a bum. So don't worry, everybody. It's both. Whereas <laughs> this film's like, well, we have to address the notion of family, mm. good Christian family, togetherness, good Christian togetherness, <laughs> and the laws as observed by God <laughs> and America, <laughs> and also some Aminamils. <laughs> like, right, okay. What else have we got? Jonah Hill knows stuff, but not Moneyball. It's Jonah Hill knows stuff, and it's creepy. And he then <laughs> says, I love you. Yeah. It's so... He's such a weird inclusion. <laughs> so as you listeners probably already have guessed, it's time for our ad of the week. Thanks, Matt. Of course. That was, that was Jingle Matt. That was Jingle Matt. That jingle Matt, Jingle Matt, Jingle Matt. Our sponsor this week <laughs> is... Segway. Is... Segways and Christmas <laughs> Songs Volume 5 <laughs> Brought to you by Stitcher Premium They're our real actual sponsor this week And every week Until they tell us to stop Until they tell us to stop Because mm-hmm. we keep talking about Christmas songs in February Getting copyright infringement <laughs> Exactly, yeah Stuff. All kinds of copyright infringement issues mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, Stitcher Premium, as we've already mentioned, is a fantastic podcast application for one's smart device, and I use it myself. I am a huge listener of podcasts, let alone creating my own podcast, and it's kind of the the go-to thing for me and has been for a while now. Stitcher mm. is one of those names that's kind of synonymous with the podcasting space. Having a dedicated app is so good, and Premium just adds a few extra little sprinkles on top of what is already a really good service for listening to and enjoying your podcasts. So if you do want to enjoy Stitcher Premium, which lets you get bonus episodes and early access to stuff and ad-free episodes as well, you can go to stitcher.com slash premium and enter the code SEQUALIZERS at checkout to get one month for free. And I do have a quick recommendation, actually, for a Stitcher Premium show, and that is In Myers We Trust by Matt Gawley and Paul Rust. Is that about Russ Myers? (laughs) Yes, absolutely it is. No, it's not. Um, so it, you were telling me about this very briefly. It does sound really, really interesting. It's uh, the sequel, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. To a film, yeah. Podcast, yeah. Uh. The first series was uh, in Voorhees we trust, and surprise, surprise, they're watching all the Friday the Thirteenth movies and then mm. discussing them. Unenviable. Yes, indeed, an unenviable task. They then transition. As you may have already guessed by In Myers We Trust in season two, the Michael Myers, aka Halloween movies, mm. and watching all them motherfuckers as well. And it is thoroughly entertaining. You may know Matt Gawley from the James Bonding podcast, uh, him and Matt Myra, his fellow Matt. Not you, Matt, other Matt. That's rude. I know. They discussed the James Bond films in. I think they started in chronological... No, they started like top and bottom, so chronological first and then the latest one. Oh, and then they eventually caught up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, They Paul were Lady Rust. and the Tramping it. They were Lady <laughs> and the Tramping it. Absolutely, they were. Let's let's meet up the spy who loved me or something <laughs> and kiss. Yes. I can't remember what they met in the middle of. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was a very entertaining show. Yeah, and that's how I kind of got the, uh, the tip for this show, knowing that Matt Gawley was hosting it. I was like, why do I recognise the name Paul Rust? It's the guy who wrote and starred in the Netflix show Love, which I watched and sort of enjoyed. It turns out he's a really funny guy and, yeah. a, and a great podcaster. So, yeah, I can recommend, if you're into your horror films in particular, I don't know, there's been a particular interest in us talking about those films. We touched on Friday the 13th in mm-hmm. a previous episode. So if you want a really full, in-depth discussion from two funny people about Friday the 13th mm. and the Halloween series now, go and check out in Voorhees slash In Myers We Trust on Stitch Premium. It's a good chat. Yeah. So, before we get into fixing old Evan Almighty, mm. um, let's take a look at those Rotten Tomato scores. Ooh. It's got to be bad. So, mm, it's going to be bad. Uh, let's have your guesses first, gentlemen, for Bruce Almighty. Ooh. I also, also not great. I think that can't be great either. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think it's going to be... I'm going to say 63 I'm going going lower I'm going to say it's religion people are going to get angry I'm going to say 55 I mean they they were angry Matt is closer it is 48 (gasps) fuck me that's got to be our first below 40 quote unquote Good movie. Well, well, the Mummy disgusted us with its nonsense lies of oh, fifty something. God. But yeah, of course. Forty. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good that's point. That's bad. So, given that knowledge, what are your guesses for 
Evan Almighty. 87. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that 8.7? The Evangelicals. I wonder if I need to go dip into them double digis into single digis. Mm. 9%. Nah, I don't I, think it's a goose egg zero. I, I, I would, no, have, I, I would I, have heard of it if it was a zero. Uh, I'm going to say 21. Matt, very close. Oh, really? 23. Oh, shit. I was being generous. You are much better. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's still it's still a uh, 25 point drop. It's, it's family friendly shite that is arguably, in inverted commas, inoffensive. So enough. And again, remember how many people rated the Minions films with like 50%, even though it was dog shit. And you're like, oh... You have no idea what you're talking about. The American public is full of fucking morons. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Uh, Speaking of the public, here's another little bonus challenge for you. The public rating. Who loved it the most? It was Jeremiah. Normally we go on the critic score. Yes. This time on the audience score, I would like you to rank Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty, and Darren Aronofsky's Noah. (laughs) Yes. What, what's, what's Darren Aronofsky's Noah for the critical side? Do we know yet? Are we yes, to that? I'll, I'll tell you that for the critical side. Sure, sure. Because uh, I think it's going to be low. That is a 76. I'm actually going to say that's fairly fitting. It's very interesting. Wow. Okay. And again, from a, from a structural... I mean, from what you told me, yeah. I need to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. It sounds mental. It's batshit. Emma Watson is barren and then she's not and she fucks. Not saying that's like we see that, but it's like <laughs> all it's I know of... about this film is Russell Crowe is angry when everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Hopkins and Ray Winston have fights with flaming swords. <laughs> Don't correct me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin and, my and dream. Emma Watson is barren, <laughs> then she fucks. <laughs> Oh, also, That's Anthony, all I need to know. Anthony Hopkins looks for some berries at one point. That's an interesting thing. <laughs> he lives in a cave. What is this? His film? name is Methuselah. Oh, he's Methuselah. Yeah. Good old, the oldest, oldest man ever mm. in the world, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's good, great. Good for him. And uh, you have, do you happen to own it, Matthew? Yeah, over there. One yes, of, I know what I'm borrowing next. <laughs> one of my favourite Simpsons jokes is where they have um, like baseball cards, but for religious figures. I oh, think they belong God. to the Flanders family. Yes, and they is, have yeah. the Methuselah rookie card. Oh, <laughs> me. Anyway, oh, back, back to the tomatoes. Yes. So it was uh, that, that. Okay, okay, that's tricky. Um, do you want to go first, Jack, or should no, I? No, absolutely not. I have no idea. Audience score. You've beaten me every time. Okay, I think just, I've yet just, to win one. Just, uh, just the how order? they fall. Yeah, the order. Oh, okay. oh in the order. Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay, okay. But if you want to throw in scores as well, then I will be very impressed. In, in order of rating, I think I can do. I'm terrible at the numbers, mm. but I think I can get the order. Sure. Bruce, Noah, Evan, in that order. I think, I think it's people love Bruce Almighty because they're idiots. Yeah, I think it's be disgusting. I think Bruce Almighty. 87%. Oh, you're going with percentages. Okay. I, I just have framed just bold. Bold. Like, Okay. Evan Almighty. Whoa. 75%. Fucking hell. Noah, 50%. Uh, you were right on the order, but not on the scores. <sighs> but, but that's, yeah. Ha, ha, Jesus. So I'm so bad on, at this. On the audience score, Bruce Almighty gets a 57. Oh, my God. We're starting oh with my a 57. God. Evan <laughs> Almighty gets a 52. Fuck me. Wrong. And Noah 20s. gets a 41. Oh, bloody hell. They're all pretty close. Mm. Wow. Well, you know, they're very similar films. <laughs> yeah. God be crazy, yo. <laughs> <laughs> what up with that Christianity, yo? That has melted my brain. Yeah. Well, brain's thoroughly melted. 
Jack. As well as this time uh, I step in. Walk us through how you're fixing construct this. Construct us a new brain my, made of wood. And try my... Gosh, <laughs> a brain gosh. 30 cubits long. <laughs> oh, God. And able to hold two of every kind of animal. Absolutely. I'm going to try my ding daddly ding dang hardest <laughs> to fix this movie. Before I do that, God, I struggled with this. Yeah. <laughs> this was a pain in my ass. I'm glad you got it. Yeah. Didn't I didn't think this through because we spoilers listeners we we discuss who's going to be fixing which episode in the season before we start the season we don't do it like week to week because yes. that would be mental and I was like yeah I'll do Evan Almighty that film's a piece of shit we fine <laughs> oh wait I know what to do now <laughs> and funny enough you touched on it earlier Matt I was like mm. they just picked a random Bible story and just did it and I was yep. like what are the Bible stories what <laughs> 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 What, what if he's Moses? Oh, no, wait. Mm, that's pretty offensive. That gets... It's I'm hard. more like, maybe I do like refugee commentary using <laughs> Moses and all that stuff. And Yeah. Yeah, that could kind of work. And I'm taking that very seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless I can somehow turn this into like a Four Lions style <laughs> black comedy. I'm yeah. like, I don't think I can. <laughs> I don't think that works with with the tools that I have. In my brain and from this from this series. <laughs> As we said, it's a nature of cynicism and sincerity. And you have to do a certain amount, especially for a, in inverted commas, a comedy. Quote unquote comedy. Yeah. This has to be the funnies. Um, it's an unenviable task. <sighs> it is. But I think you did all right. Thanks, man. I There's a lot to discuss. Yeah, so it, it, making it about Satan was an interesting choice. I, I, I purposefully... <laughs> purposely left some things vague because I knew we were going to talk about it and I'm already looking forward to the discussion of the film. So, yeah. before we get into that, my title, The Book of Evan. I like it. Yes. I think that works. It when, does. When did The Book of Eli come out? 2010, <laughs> I checked that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Gary Witter. When did, when did The Book of Mormon come out? 2012. No, no, I mean the original Book of Mormon. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> like 1956. Yeah. Because I'm not joking... The Mormon shit is like a hundred years old. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. mental. We're, we're... I own a book of Mormon, and I've seen the book of Mormon musical. I haven't seen the musical yet. I'm really annoyed I haven't seen Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Oh, I've heard nothing but amazing things, and I'm I, looking I forward to it sing, a lot. I will sing the title of my movie to that <laughs> movie. Oh. No, I won't. Spoilers. My movie is two years after Bruce Almighty. It's in 2005 instead of 2007. Smart move. Because <laughs> the longer we leave it, the more the... the 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 niceness of the public's opinion in the first one, which I assumed would be a higher rating, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah. It's gonna wear off. So we cash on on that shit early mm. and like try and like I'm following up, as you'll see in a moment, fairly quickly after the first film. Mm. And I'm tying it more to the first film than I did than the, the original did. So. Which is fine. Yeah, that, we that did we sense. didn't really touch on that, but there's very apart from Morgan Freeman is God. Literally only that there's, and, there's, the, and the brief and clip of him being the news reporter bit, the, yeah. the anchor man. Yeah, and then he's not. Yeah, they, different it, cast, it different basically setting, be, different yeah. part of the country. Yeah, it's like *Son of the Mask*. The mask need, is the same. Thing. We need to talk about that because this is in a trilogy of sequels where Jim Carrey declined to return. Oh yeah, and then point. they made a fucking abomination. Yeah, <laughs> because Bruce Almighty is followed by Evan Almighty. He's supposed to be in this. Mm-hmm. They wrote sort of. A, a script with him in mind and he went nope son of the mask 
he was supposed to be in the second Mask movie. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. And another one that was also requested, funnily mm-hmm. enough, we got to choose between this and Evan Almighty from uh, Paddy on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber. Jim Carrey was supposed to be in that. He yep. refused. Yep. And it's a piece of shit. <laughs> so he has this weird, like, sequel curse that if he doesn't show up for the sequel, it's some hot mess. Which I mean, he it, broke with Dumb and Dumber 2, which was also shit. I was going to say, also, uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, if he shows up for the sequel, didn't necessarily do much better. Yeah. I mean, Nature Calls is a lot better than Son of the Mars. It's, oh, yes. it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a best. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But we'll come back to that probably later. Yeah. Director, and this is where we need to have a talk. Yeah, we do. I've ran out of ideas. <laughs> I gave up. Have you considered Ridley I, Scott? I mean, I did. Really? Yeah. He's Jesus-y, right? It, he did Exodus and stuff, exactly, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I basically was like, who's really Jesus-y? <laughs> oh, <laughs> loads of people, because it's America and mm. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've, perhaps against my best wishes and judgment, have stuck with Tom Shadyak, and we will probably fix that with the discussion with you two, because... I think we need to. I'm not happy with it. Yeah, I'm not particularly either, but I couldn't... It's a placeholder, I get it. Yeah, it's a placeholder. I focus more on the script because I think that's the main thing that needs fixing from from my side of things. And we will fix the director later on. So, listeners, don't crucify me just yet. Oh! Huh? Huh? Returning cast. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Bruce Nolan is played by Jim Carrey. You threw enough money at him. I threw enough money at him. Yeah, and took all that CGI budget yeah. and gave it to Jim Carrey. This film had a bigger budget. He should have afforded it. Yeah. Yep. God, Morgan Freeman. No question there. Mm-hmm. Grace Connolly, Bruce's fiance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, she's back as well. Their chemistry in the first one, pretty good. It's fine. Pro- arguably the highlight of the first film. Mm-hmm. Than Adam, their dynamic is pretty good. Better than Adam Sandler's chemistry with her. Yeah. Do no. carry on. Evan Baxter. Steve Carell as well. He's back again. And to add to the kind of sprinklings of other cast members, you see uh, Grace's sister Debbie show up, still played by Lisa Ann Walter. Yep. Uh, Susan Ortega, who is Evan's co-anchor, who kisses Bruce in the first one mm. and freaks Grace out, is still played by Catherine Bell. And their boss, Jack Baylor, is played by Philip Baker Hall. It's all fine. New the, cast. The esteemed Philip Baker Hall. The esteemed Philip Baker Hall. He's great in the first one. Go with the easy new cast first, because that's... We'll go. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I might not say one of the new cast members. Oh. I'll leave it up to the listeners to guess my incredibly subtle wins. <laughs> I know <laughs> my script. I think it... I, well, we'll come back to it. What do you think? Okay. I think the inclusion is one of those inflammatory things that people are going to go, oh. But equally, the casting here is fucking genius. Mm-hmm. That was my... I, I genuinely think lie. that the, the moment you said, uh, the director's a placeholder, and you're like, oh, Jack, come on. And then you're realizing, don't matter. He, he's, <laughs> he's fucking done I'm this. I'm banking on the chemistry of these actors Yeah, no, together. no, no. no. We'll, we'll get to that. So, new love interest, <laughs> Jessica, played by Joan Cusack. Because I fucking really. love Joan Cusack. She's amazing. She's, She's great. She's fantastic. Other new cast... You gotta find out, motherfucker. <laughs> it's exciting. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> so to live up to the uh, saccharine sweetness of the original Evan Almighty, we start with Bruce and Grace 
getting married. Du, 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 du. Thank you, Matt. Oh, you're welcome. Bruce's vows are appropriately cringy and stupid, while Grace's are incredibly heartfelt, told through tears. That's basically their entire relationship dynamic. <laughs> that really is. Up. Yeah. She cries a lot and is religious, and he's silly and then also religious eventually. Yeah. That's your lot. Bruce cracks his famous, that's how the cookie crumbles line, just before the, you may now kiss the bride moment. As they kiss, we pan around the clapping crowd to see many familiar faces, including Grace's sister, Debbie, Bruce's colleagues, Evan, Jack, etc., etc. Probably the the weatherman and the sports guy, I can't remember the names of. Finally, we see God himself, of course, in a full white suit. And he gives Bruce the thumbs up with a little wink from Morgan Freeman. Isn't that also the end of Orgasmo? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely it is. As he does so, a beam of sunlight shines down on them and their photographer catches the perfect photo of their first kiss as husband and wife. Well, almost perfect, as Sam, the naughty dog from the first film, runs into the bottom of the shot as we see the full photo revealed after a flash. So Is he doing a wee as well? (laughs) He might be weeing on the dress or something. Or humping someone's leg. Humping the priest. (laughs) It's one of those things where we read the, I read the first um, paragraph, stopped, messaged Jack and said, I fucking hate this opening, <laughs> but it's perfect for this fucking film. It's on brand, I'm afraid. It really is. I hate it, but it's on brand. No, it's the same with the Despicable Me thing. Is that sometimes you can't just deviate that much. Sometimes you can, but this just feels of the same element. Yeah. At the reception, while Bruce and Grace are mingling with guests in the background, we see Evan awkwardly talking to Susan and Jack, but struggling to fit in with the other guests. As he goes to get a drink of wine, he bumps into God, who says uh, that he's an old friend of Bruce's. They chat, and a drunk Evan opens up about what a dick he was to Bruce before he recalls some of the crazy events in the first film. The high-pitched voice, teleprompters, and etc, etc. To God, who knowingly replies, oh yes, I remember. Um, I was hoping you were going to do the voice. It wasn't very good, Morgan Freeman, but it'll do. Oh yes. Um, That's Churchill dog. Oh yes! <laughs> Evan says that despite his success as an anchor, his life isn't where it should be. He makes an anecdote about a childhood event that he thinks started him down the path, and God says that he remembers that as well. Before the drunk Evan can realise what he said, an overly friendly man... Interesting. ...enthusiastically introduces himself to Evan. Evan is confused by his apparent familiarity, but the man plays it off as he watches the news all the time. The man wraps his arm around Evan and tells him to have faith, and if he puts others before himself, he can learn to love himself again. The man carefully takes the glass of wine from Evan's hand as he continues to drunkenly rant about his problems. Evan turns around and notices that the man he was talking to has disappeared. It's magic. Evan shrugs and drinks from his cup, only to realise that the wine has turned into water. (laughs) This is the bit that I think is uh, wonderfully inflammatory, where the public's going to go, you are, mate. <laughs> That's the moment when people walk out of the film because <laughs> it's America. What on paper, yes, but in uh, casting, uh, I think you're all right. We'll get to the casting. Oh yeah, we'll get to we'll it. Reveal. Mm. Evan approaches Bruce in the crowd and congratulates him with a slightly too long handshake. Bruce awkwardly accepting it with a signature Jim Carrey giant grin and forced laughter. <laughs> he does that a lot in the first one. He really does. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Evan then quietly asks who the old preachy guy in the white suit is, and Bruce says that he's a friend who helped him get through tough times, and that he can help Evan too. Evan once again looks confused and goes to ask Bruce for more information, but Bruce is whisked away by Debbie and Grace before he can answer. 
Evan stumbles around, shouting about how Bruce is an asshole, and falls into one of the tables, smashing the food and drinks onto the floor. Jack intervenes and calls a cab for Evan. Over the next few weeks, and this is like the main part of the film, but I had to condense this shit. Yeah. Because this is like the main <laughs> middle, sprawling pitch, the middle, yeah. middle bit. Over the next few weeks, Evan starts to notice strange goings-on and coincidences in his life. He goes on a date with a woman named Jessica, the aforementioned Joan Cusack. As they prepare to order their food, the maitre d' comes out to announce that they're the restaurant's one millionth customers, and because of that, they won tonight's special. All you can eat, seafood and breadsticks. Isn't that delightful? (laughs) We see a montage of them eating various and increasingly strange pieces of seafood, whilst also bonding over a shared taste in cheesy power ballads and badly singing along to one playing in the background in the restaurant. I'd like to just read the whole thing. So do you want to do each bullet point each? Yeah, I think, yeah. can do. Yeah. Walking arm in arm after a date, Evan and Jessica spot a stray cat that has been blinded by oil spillage. It's you. the most amazing <laughs> sentence I've read out on this fucking show. You heard me. A stray cat that has been blinded by oil spillage. I assume from a car, not like from a yeah, tanker. I so. Yeah, yeah. I saw like a BP thing like no. in the Gulf. <laughs> well, maybe like an oil like truck lorry. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, okay. that, yeah. Ma- that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, that's sad. Jessica encourages Evan to take it to a vet and help it. They take the cat to a vet to help clear out his damaged eyes, uh, and they adopt it, calling it John. Classic cat name, all right, guys? John mm. the cat. John the cat. Sam the dog, John the cat. What could possibly go wrong? The the, the vet is also the returning bloke. As is the maitre d'. Uh, yeah. yeah. Not the cat, though. <laughs> not the cat. Not it's yet. not Jason Derulo's. <laughs> this strange and familiar man. Yeah. Jessica asks Evan to go with her to Burning Man Festival, because why not? (laughs) He reluctantly agrees and then ends up bumping into the mayor of Buffalo's son. And while Evan is in the middle of a shared psychedelic experience in a tent, cue trippy lights and over-the-top Steve Carell acting, Mm -hmm. the mayor's son collapses. Evan is the only person to snap out of it and he helps the mayor's son's recovery. They go on an ice skating date and Evan is a natural. He simply can't fall over. Jessica's all over the place, but Evan, miraculously, (laughs) maintains balance the whole time. As they go to leave the ice rink, a janitor spills the mop and bucket in the hallway and Evan skids perfectly across the puddle. I wonder who's playing that janitor. (laughs) Who could be playing that janitor? Interesting. Mm. A few days later, Evan goes to the Eyewitness News office and is called into a meeting with Jack. Jack tells him that they have an in-studio guest for a segment with a local Good Samaritan who has set up a charity to help addicts and homeless people all around Buffalo. We cut to Evan introducing his guest, played once again by the mysterious man. Mysterious man. Evan is stunned into silence and asks if they've met before, but the guest is purposefully vague and says that he meets people all the time, so it's hard to keep track. Susan asks what has motivated his uh, recent incredible charity work, and the guest responds with, love your neighbour as you would love yourself. After the interview winds down, Evan approaches the guest and asks him why he recognises him. The man hands Evan a business card with initials JHC. Oh, interesting. James Cameron. <laughs> James Horatio Cameron. <laughs> and a phone number on it. The phone number is 628-843-922, extension 39. Which is a reference to the first film, and I will go on a little diatribe here. Yeah, yeah. They had a real number in the first film that is a reference to a biblical passage, yep. as is my number, as we will get mm-hmm. to in a moment. Mm. 
Uh, people kept calling Amber trying to speak to God in real life. Because people are dumb. Because people are fucking idiots. So for the DVD release and the re-releases and whatever the fuck else, they changed it to 555-0123. That's why 555 exists. 555 exists, but they didn't think of that. They were too busy making their clever Jesus jokes. Uh, oh, I was really hoping you were going to say they set up a voicemail that was like Morgan Freeman. That would make um, a lot more sense because Breaking they, Bad did that. They did that in The Matrix as well. They've done uh, it in The Matrix as well. Scrubs yeah. did it as well. Scrubs yeah. did and it, it would yeah. go to a phone on set. So, so while they, they had a voicemail set up, sometimes you would actually be yeah. able to speak to a cast member. Which is cool. That would be clever. Also, if you charge an 0800 number, it's cost of a fortune. Oh, yeah. Tons yeah. of money off it. Yeah. This is a reference to, and the numbers spell out, mm. Matthew 22, line 39. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Indeed. I mean, I didn't fucking know that. You, I'm, I'm a bad Catholic. So It's literally your book, Matthew. <sighs> Fair. <laughs> at home, Evan stares at the business card and eventually decides to call the number on it. The man, the mysterious familiar man, mm. Tyler Durden, uh, <laughs> answers and tells him to meet him at the restaurant once again. When Evan arrives... The man, it, obviously it's written in the script. I have so written the name of the yeah, character no. in the script, by but the way. Emphasis, folks. the man is sat alone at the same table Evan was sat at earlier with Jessica with a similar candlelit dinner with wine. Evan sits down and just instantly asks him, you're him, aren't you? You're the Jesus. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus looks shocked. <laughs> Who is the man? <laughs> Laughing at him. Spoil, spoilers. Spoilers. It's been Jesus the whole time. It's always been Jesus. Evan thinks he's going crazy and takes a drink from one of the wine glasses. As the shot turns to a close-up of Evan, the wine in the glass turns to water, and then back again. Jesus opens up about his identity with a big, proud grin, and says he's been keeping an eye on Evan since he bumped into his dad at Bruce's wedding. Evan is confused, and asks if Jesus was responsible for everything that happened recently, meeting Jessica, adopting John, etc. Jesus says he can't control free will. It was Evan and Jessica who chose to go on a date to help John the cat, etc. He just nudged a few things in the right direction. Evan replies that Jesus is missing one from all the miracles. He hasn't raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus is surprised by Evan's bravado telling him what to do, uh, replying that he doesn't just tick boxes and isn't a paint-by-numbers kind of messiah. They shake hands before parting, Jesus getting the final word in with a, oh, and maybe tone down the blasphemy from time to time? The closing shot is Evan sitting down on the sofa next to Jessica, now having moved in together, and John the cat snuggled up beside them. Ah, oh, family-friendly <laughs> ending. So, here's the thing. As we were going through this, we're discussing the familiar man. Mm. <laughs> Who Jesus gets Christi. Well, it's interesting it's thing, because technically speaking, the more we talked about it, the more I kept cropping up with other people. Not because they're good choices, but because of the kind of films you would put in. As in, like, Moses or Muhammad. Oh, no, or no, no, like, no, my apologies. Oh, I meant more Oh, you, you didn't mean other prophets. <laughs> no, just just other actors who yeah. might be they, like for example. Oh, people gonna put in like Will Ferrell. People gonna put in like John C. Riley. People gonna put in like uh, fucking Brad Pitt who played Death. <laughs> I have a problem with that. Uh, all the white boys there. God is black. <laughs> Correct. God is black in these movies. And I was like, I, I was speaking to uh, Emma, my partner, when I was writing this. Like, I need a guy who is young enough to be Morgan Freeman's son mm -hmm. in the mid two thousands. Who is funny. Now, hang on. Let's see if the We'll leave a bit of dead air here so audiences can shout out on the bus or walking through yeah, the street just, or in the just house. Yell as the loud name as you can. Scream it out of the car window on your commute to work. And here it is. Ready? Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I had a couple of ideas. Sure. 
One of them was Emma's, which I think is fucking terrible. Oh. I like the guy, but I think this role is terrible for him. Oh. But she fancies him, so she picked him. Okay, who's this? <laughs> it's McCavity himself. Jason Idris, fucking Derulo. Idris Elba. Not, no, not no, Jason Derulo. He's rum tum How dare you. <laughs> Idris Elba. No. He's he's not got no, the no, comedic but... chops in this role, in my opinion. No, he's not in 2005. No, he's I don't think he's barely out of the wire in 2005. Yeah. He's not big enough. Mm. <laughs> I, li- I like Idris Elba. Be considerable, like yeah. Uh, fuck, what's his name in um, the Wire? Um, Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell. Yeah, we're gonna get Stringer Bell to play Jesus. <laughs> That's a yeah interesting. A black twist. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, one of my other thoughts. Mm-hmm. I thought hilarious appropriately aged African-American gentleman. Kevin Hart. Terry Crews. Terry Crews is an interesting choice. Not mm. a bad choice for Jesus. Hench Jesus. Hench Jesus. Always <laughs> goes down well. Christians love hench Jesus. He was so a carpenter. Thing I know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. However, mm-hmm. my choice for 2005's The Book of Evan mm-hmm. in the role of Jesus H. Christ is Will Smith. That needed a moment. I, <laughs> I, uh, Will Smith, which what, what, Tim and I in the notes of this mm. show said, pulling a hitch. Yeah. Um, we <laughs> it hadn't s- occurred to me until you both said, I was like, fuck, it's a religious <laughs> hitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I'm kind of okay with. Smith is charming enough to make that shit mm. work. And things like, things like seven pounds for example which mm. no one's really and seen the pursuit of happiness yeah. yeah and you're like oh yeah he has that sort of you have the edge of something you know something happening here he could easily play a jesus character and so many people would be fine with it and if you say like we're gonna if you were to go and try and find in almost like a sasha baron cohen way mm. actually sasha baron cohen's genius would be fantastic <laughs> he not black if it was moses sure that's Asher true. Baron Cohen is Jewish. <laughs> so was Jesus. Yeah, but not, but not in this. But universe. not Morgan Freeman. <laughs> not Morgan Freeman. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, f- I fully agree with you. I know what you're saying. But um, Will Smith is an interesting shout because if you went to like a, a, a again in a Sasha Baron Cohen esque kind of way, this is also the same year as Hitch, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well which we, I didn't even think of. Two birds, one stone. Get rid of Hitch. What, yeah. This is what he's doing instead of Hitch. Yeah. Kev- that, oh yes. Okay. Kevin James is in the bin. For yeah. A while. Kevin James, fewer jobs. Yeah. Because that guy is garbage. Um. So effectively speaking, if you were to go to a group of individuals, some some very conservative individuals, and say, we're going to make a film with a black Jesus, and like, oh my God, no, 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 not having that. It's like, Will Smith is playing him. I wonder how many would go, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, well, I like Will Smith. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. I, it's a tricky one. He was good in Bad Boys Because no one, nobody gives a shit about in terms of like, mm. in terms of films. No one's going to be like, oh, it's an outrage. Moses tricky, but mostly like I said Moses was my initial mm. pick, and I wrote a good sort of two or three hundred words of a kind of Moses spec script. Sure, and I was like, I don't know where I'm going. With it's this. a very weird one because slavery going, stuff as well. Yeah, I'm going to some slavery refugee I mean, type I saw... stuff, and I feel like I'm getting way too serious for me to be able to pull off the comedy as well. And yeah, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I saw Snoop Dogg play love? Jesus. Oh, no, so Snoop Dogg play Jeez. Moses. Wait, what? Uh, Snoop Dogg play Moses. I want to say on uh, like epic rap battles of history. Oh yeah, that makes a lot more yeah. sense. Sorry, yeah. do carry on. Yeah. Uh, what do people like more than Noah and Moses? <laughs> your boy Jesus. That's what they love. JC. Pop tarts. Yeah. Your boy JC. James Horatio Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they love that shit. So yeah, there is my uh, my pitch. It's it's a tricky one because as we said earlier, writing this kind of film 
as a comedy as well and all that stuff and keeping with the same sort of tone effectively hilarity but nearly sort of family friendly but maybe some bit of raunchy stuff as well ensues is essentially the middle of that yeah the, my whole montage thing is actually like the middle the whole 50, film, 50 yes, minutes of, of the film <laughs> yeah. basically it, I, an equivalent i would give would be something like Bedazzled and The Family Man and other films that have a sort of, you know, moralistic change your ways kind of Ebenezer Scrooge sort of thing going on. That's the kind of vibe I was going to Yeah, and I think that that does this quite well, if I'm honest. Um, I think um, it's it's safe enough for a family film, but as you say, it's got that still that element of tongue-in-cheek 12A PG-13 kind of shit. It feels like an actual continuation. I do have a few points and um, questions. We, we there's plenty to discuss. So yeah, please, yeah. please do. First thing is about um, social enough is about uh, Bruce. Mm, yeah, because um, yeah, you obviously got the link at the start with. Yeah, but and probably just looking at how the notes go and stuff. Bruce and and everyone else has pretty much just written out the film. So would you bring them back at all in point, or are they just in the first half or I the first was, segment? Um, so a thing I had a plan with Bruce in an earlier version of it that was either this is before I had Will Smith as Jesus, of course. Um, Morgan Freeman would kind of try and convince Evan to do something biblical, sure. a la the original Evan Almighty, mm-hmm. and God recruits Bruce to try and convince him. Okay. So it becomes like a Steve Carell buddy cop, buddy cop, Jesus thing. Yeah, uh, buddy prophets, buddy prophets, exactly. <laughs> buddy Jesus from Kevin Smith. Yep. Um, and buddy Christ, he would basically do like he would try and explain like, hey, remember that time when you went crazy on air? That was me, and that, that brings tension between the characters. Bit of closure like as that. well, though. Bit yeah. of closure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. kind of have closure at the end of the first one. Sort of. They just go like, Bruce, Evan, and they shake hands, and that's it. So it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> Turn the yeah. other cheek. Exactly. And I think I would like Bruce to do like a little, either like grab the salt shaker from across the room, like he's still got a little bit of God's oh, power, and like the magneto thing. Yeah, the magneto. <laughs> exactly. Yes, the chess piece moves. Um, or like the parting of the tomato soup or something like that sure, to like sure. prove his point and be like, wait, you're serious? You actually had God's powers? Like, yeah, I can mm. still part tomato soup for some reason. <laughs> that sound, yeah, yeah that, that works. Honestly. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and which still could be true. Like, still, but then, <laughs> but then it's hard to work yeah. into the plot. Which is going yeah. on, yeah. The, the only things I've got left words. are parting tomato soup, and I can still control the moon and kill thousands <laughs> of people, <laughs> cause tsunamis in Thailand or whatever yeah. it was. In the yeah. I can still control Jennifer Aniston's breasts for some reason. <laughs> just does this for like yeah. so long, just jiggling them around. <laughs> that was all the marketing material as well. It was. It was. Like, Don't they look bigger to you? Fuck off. Come on. Appealing to an easy crowd there. But yeah, yeah, it's a low ball. So that was my original plan. I would like to have Bruce Moore in there, but I felt like because of my limited word yes, thing, of course. I kind of had to focus on Evan. But yeah, I think Bruce coming in, back in and out, they become, like you said, kind of closer and they bring some closure to their dynamic and their relationship throughout the film mm. a bit more. And I mean, they both work at the TV studio. You could literally have it. Yeah, it, would, yeah. it would not be untoward to have an anchor and someone as an in-the-field reporter. Yeah. They wouldn't need to be over each other all the time. He'd still be doing his job. And if you're focusing more on the newsroom, yeah. Bruce isn't there, but they'd mm. still have the couple of interactions every yeah. now and again. Yeah, uh, You could even have like, Bruce picking up on certain things like, you got a bit of God in you, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah, Bruce would notice that something Especially weird if, is going if, on with Evan. If Carell's character doesn't really realize, he's like, "What?" The no? thing is that Steve doesn't. Steve, Evan, Steve, <laughs> or Steve. 
Evan doesn't really realize what's going on until plenty of the the miracles. For the listeners out there, it's, it's the seven miracles of Jesus, by the way. Mm. Um, that's the the thing where he says, "Oh, you're missing one. You didn't do the resurrection of Lazarus because he's done the uh, the walking on water, is the ice skating, and the slipping in the hallway." And I that assume kind of that when it would be a bit where Evan summarizes it, you see a freeze frame image with the ding. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking something along those sort of lines and then Bruce kind of clocks onto it and is like, oh, you've been touched by the Lord as well kind of thing. So mm. you could either have it as Bruce is trying to convince Evan or Bruce clocks on. He needs the one to notice that shit's happening and he's, been, he's met Morgan Freeman <laughs> yes, as well. But he already has met Morgan Freeman at the start and he says he's a... Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's more interesting if nobody can see Morgan Freeman and Bruce is surprised that Evan knows what he's talking about, but he thinks just dismisses him because he's drunk. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, that's... That's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah I like that. He's like, yeah. uh, okay, you have a little oh, sleepy now. in the white suit. <laughs> just, uh, okay, fine. I mean, yeah. I can see him, but I don't know what you're fucking talking yeah. about. You mm-hmm. go to sleep. I like that, yeah. Or alternatively, Bruce gets married in a white suit as well. And he's like, do you mean me? <laughs> 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 that kind of thing. Yeah. Um yeah, I think yeah. I think bringing him back is just all we, it's, it is enough to 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 boost it a little bit. Mm. I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I had kind of yeah similar notes to Matt. Like I think getting away from the Noah angle is incredibly smart. Yeah, got it. Um, and and taking a more New Testament approach, basically, of like, hey, let's stick that's with essentially the... what it boils down yeah. to, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it does stick to the uh, the New Testament. Yeah, right? let's mm. let's start with the, let's stick with the bits of the Bible where it's nice. It's relatively uncomplicated. Hey, be good to people yeah. uh, and and be selfless. Um, I think, and I think you deploy the miracles very cleverly um, mm. and and their interpretation and Thank stuff. You. Cat with oil in his eyes. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I was a stretch. But it's funny because right, they see that happening or do they just like, oh no, he has oil in his <laughs> I'm eyes. I'm assuming there's like an overturned tanker like, and a cat's walking the through it. And then there's like a cat by the side of the road that is like covered in oil. And it's like, <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they walk past. Them. I'm going to need that sound effect again, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I have no problem with it because I think you're right. It, it, it can easily be done. I think the thing that gets to me is when you, when we were, even when we were reading out loud, for some reason, this is a weird British deep cut here. John the Cat. All I can hear is um, PJ I'm Blind from <laughs> Biker Grove. What? <laughs> oh my God. So for some reason, I remembered a 1990s sort of. Uh, teen drama film with Ant and or Deck and a Both paintball them, incident yeah. where one of the characters yeah, scrap, goes blind. Scrap scrap the oil spill it. The cat should be paintballing and get hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean blind man the cat the cat could just get hit by a car or something if you prefer. Mm. But uh no 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 I I'm think trying the blind to avoid can, I know the you're... harming of animals in this yeah. film. <laughs> Unlike the original FMIT. Oh, yeah we didn't cover that at all. Oh did we? no they hurt some animals in this film. Yeah. Despite the fact they all look really shitty and, like you said, badly yeah. green screened. You assume they're all just sat in a fucking studio somewhere. Apparently not. Nope. And, and for the most part, like when they do the big montage of like, here's the animals helping to build the ark. It's basically just elephants and the same pair of monkeys over and over again. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I thought the, the, like, the moral message um, and the kind of moral transformation that... Um, uh, Evan undergoes could do with a bit more kind of foregrounding. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like maybe 
although I like the start at the wedding, maybe you need some stuff before that um, with kind of him being quite self-centered in his life. And like, I thought maybe like, because you've got a bit more of the, you bring in the kind of the news um, channel stuff, like have him kind of covering like shitty fluff pieces and like celeb gossip or doing one of these like doing a Paris Hilton almost like uh, a, yeah or, or doing like Paris Hilton, uh, yeah. one of these very uh American like morning shows where it's like oh like uh like who's look in at- the worst dress this week yeah yeah, yeah. And, like, TMZ kind of thing yes. a kind of yeah. that thing um and then kind of link both the kind of look out for your neighbors but also like hey you've got a platform to speak to people like maybe you should be spreading a good message rather than just all this trash yeah um and um and you can kind of use that to maybe like boost the stakes in the third act so you have the news higher-ups who want him to be covering stuff like like, is your teen shoplifting from ebay or like Mm. hey did did nick and jessica get married for a green card or something (laughs) um but then him insisting on like no i want to cover these new stories about like people doing good things and causes that people should be supporting mm. nick and Je- are you referencing jessica simpson i am i yeah, went absolutely. i specifically went back and was like what happened what, what shitty celebrity news would happen in 2005 i was in the states in 2005 and that's why i'm like oh i also while i was doing that research i realized that uh the song yeah by usher Lil john and Ludacris came out in that year so we're definitely gonna need that on the soundtrack tim oh, no oh good i'm happily <laughs> the piece of that because what did we have at the end of this one it was uh everybody dance now I don't need that with fucking Usher and Little John and stuff, and and more accurately, Steve Carell and and Jim Carrey going yeah. Or Will Smith does it. Will Smith has to write his own song. Is the thing. Oh yeah, we do need. He needs his own song. We need a Will Smith Jesus dance scene. Is what we need. Yeah. Like Men in Black, but not. I, I can't yeah. even imagine what he would cover to make his song. Some some yeah. Motown track. Some some Jesus thing. Uh, California Jesus is Soul. Friend of mine. Mm-hmm. California Soul and replace it with my Eternal Soul. My Eternal Soul. Something like that. Yeah, that that actually could depressingly work. So I also want to bring up the director. Absolutely, this is the big talking point for yeah. me. Because I Shadrack can eat a dick. Didn't know what. Yeah, I agree. But I couldn't work out what to do. I have two ideas. Okay, hit me. Um, I'm ready. Um, my initial idea was also Kevin Smith, and it was the wrong idea. Um, <laughs> my two ideas I are... That, I had that thought too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think rather than going with someone who is on brand, as it were, for the religion side of things, go with someone who's on brand with comedy and observation. Oh. Um, yep, so yep. at the time... Going more with gross out comedy and then what he does with political comedy later. Adam McKay mm. uh, of Anchorman fame. It's always done to this point with Anchorman, I think. And yeah, Anchorman's a couple of years before this. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he goes on to do Step Brothers mm. and um, other bits and pieces and Talladega Nights. And then eventually to things like Vice and The Big Short, mm. etc. Um, he's a very capable director. It's not bad. Not he's bad good show. energy yeah. and things. He could do and that quite easily. mid-2000s comedy guy. Yeah. yeah. Another one, which is a, I think I'd prefer to see, and it's a bit of a strange one, is Mike Judge of... Ooh, interesting. Mike Judge. Of Beavis and Butthead fame. Oh, fuck that guy. And Idiocracy. Not, not, not fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Oh, fuck. 
That guy. Yeah, <laughs> and Idiocracy and the off Office Space and um, Silicon, Valley. Silicon Valley. Because uh, I think, of course, Silicon again, Valley is what I recognise. Yeah, 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 I think he space. has yeah. an observation and a neutrality that could make it very, very interesting. And I like Mike Judge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird one, but it's a small enough film that I think. Well, it's small enough film. It's a big, it's a major budget, but I think he's. I mean, it's and, not a hundred million dollars. Where the fuck the actual one was? No, I know. But well, I think it is he could. Jimmy make Carey's that work in. and he's worked with Anderson before in Office Space and things he's got enough of a pull with it I think and his comedy is also not as blunt as Shadyak's just make him scream over and over and over and put in some bullshit <laughs> I think it could be make a, Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey I guess yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. I think there's a, he could bring a lot of nuance to how it's shown again in terms of films he was screwed over with Idiocracy because it's a great idea for a film but a film about everything being dumbed down was dumbed down, and it's a really unfortunate thing. Office Space is a cult hit that everyone... I like Office Space. Yeah, yep. everyone loves. Yep. And Silicon Valley is fucking fantastic. Uh, it recently ended, mm. uh, like the last episode sort of thing, and I was very with surprised a, to hear it was... With an incredibly ripped Kamau <laughs> uh, Yeah, he's, he's slowly been buffing himself up yep. for, for Eternals. <clears throat> but I, I genuinely think that the way he approaches characters and makes them more... Um, believable and the issue's real and he does actually a lot of saccharine things but undercuts it with stupid humour brilliantly well. I think that's the way it needs to be done. I'm down. Yeah. Sounds good. Keep the yeah. saccharine stuff there and the, and, you know, and, and, and the on message as it were with just basically love thy neighbour and stuff. Yep. But with enough of a pratfally self-aware almost self-destructive lead that could work quite well, I think. McKay's an easy, obvious choice, in my opinion. Judge is a harder sell, but I think a, a, a better choice, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, I'm going <clears> to <throat> throw out a name here. Go for it. Who basically is, having looked at dates and stuff, at this time doing the film that... Actually, no, because we're going 2005 with this. 2005, so this, yeah, this would be before the film that would kind of justify him doing it. Oh, okay. So he, but he has done other stuff prior to, to this. Um, which is uh, Greg Matola, who does uh, Superbad and oh. Adventureland, and does an, mm. a, another film that touches on religion, but in a very different way, which is Paul, the uh, alien oh, the, Seth yeah, the, Rogen yeah. film. Um, he's he's one of those people who, yeah, did stuff like um, Superbad, which was you know quite uh, that sort of frat pack comedy stuff, but had done some when some interesting. Superbad? That was 2007, ah, right, so okay. it would be yeah. after this. But had done some interesting stuff with like TV and, and quite small films before mm-hmm. that. And I think has quite like a an interesting, like a nuanced yeah. take on, on comedy. Yeah, I don't hate he, that choice either. He, a bit too early. Yeah. What's the fucking... Keeping up with the Johnsons, the Joneses? What was that one? Yeah. He did one with John Hamm as a spy, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find out quickly. Keeping up uh, with the hands. Keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. That's what it was. And it, it's the same sort of um, how I imagine the visual look of it would be. And it, or either that or... Um, yeah, that's actually not an, an, an awful shout. The, the other thought I had was... Was it Mottola or Mottola? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, David Gordon Green. Oh, who, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, he does... He, he's got a really varied career. So he started off doing like quite small independent films. Yeah. Um, and then again, about this time, he does like Pineapple Express and oh, okay. The Sitter and yep. stuff. Yep. But then he goes back to doing doing some small independent stuff, um, Prince Avalanche, which is this really low key film with 
Paul <clears throat> Rudd in it. Mm-hmm. He does the um, Stronger, which is the Jake Gyllenhaal uh, Boston yes. bombing guy mm-hmm. recovering yep. from, from his yep. injuries yep. film. Yep. Um, but then he also goes on to do uh, the new Halloween films, which is like oh a yeah. very... But he, he's someone who's got... He can do comedy and he can also do stuff that has kind of moral messages in it. Yeah. So, On a similar vein, hmm. I had considered Jay Roach, um, mm-hmm. who had... Bear with me, listeners. Who uh, did the Austin Powers films. Mm-hmm. And then he did... Uh, meet the parents, meet the fuckers and stuff like that. But now he started to turn, did Trumbo a couple of years ago and he's just done Bombshell this year. Mm. Um, and again, it's that comedy origins big enough that he could deal with this kind of franchise, has done sequels. Not always well. Mm-hmm. Um, but could be an appropriate person. Because again, like in the Meet the Parents, for example, mm. it's a very simple message. Mm. And it's delivered in a kind of way that has that sweet saccharine bullshit. Mm. But with enough of a self awareness to not make it painfully awkward. I think that's the, th- the the main thing that you need in this kind of film is you need someone who is willing to put a little bit of edge, for want of a, for lack of a better term, like to to undercut some <clears throat> of the moralizing that's present mm. because Shajak does none of that. It's mm. just this kind of very straight, very straight, mm. like both saccharine and ceremony yeah it's really preachy um and the early 2000s has a lot of that like judd apatow and that whole like judd apatow and that whole group coming up in the early 2000s it's it's kind of a group Mm. you could utilize um probably not todd phillips um no big shake head that one definitely not maybe tyler berry (laughs) no Okay. I think well, it should be, should be Jack's favourite director, Paul Feig. Paul Feig is another typical shout, although Paul Feig would be vetoed immediately by Jack. Correct. <laughs> Unless Jesus is a just a just a pain in the ass. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Oh my god. Sandy Bullock as Jesus. No. Absolutely not. I think we fixed it, Jack. I think we fixed it. Vetoed. No. Yeah. Jack is Jack is shaking his no no can at us. <laughs> That's what his penis. I was, I was about to say, is that my penis? No no can. That's what my, my partner calls my penis. <laughs> no no can. I want to say it for third time. No no can. Um, but yeah, I think I think overall, like it's a it's a really hard co- comedy is always the ones we struggle with here because they're so much of it relies on like chemistry and quite intangible things that's um, what i tried to focus on yeah yeah, was yeah. The, and i think the chemistry between will smith steve carell joan cusack as my yeah. main kind of trio and tone is a very very yeah. important mm. thing yeah um and i think yeah there's there's such an obvious like we said earlier like the the chemistry between jim carrey and jennifer aniston works pretty well like in the first film, it's not blinding. You know, it's not like it's quite surprising considering you wouldn't have paired them as a on-screen couple. As exactly, it were. yeah. Um, but it, it it kind of, to a large degree, is is kind of one of the legs propping up that film. Yeah. Um, and like as as good as and it's weird because as good as Steve Carell and Lauren Graham are in Forty Year Old Virgin. There is none of that really here, and I think it's big. Be- Forty-year-old virgin is like a hundred times better than yeah. Almighty. Is it Lauren Graham in Forty-year-old virgin? I'm pretty sure it is, isn't it? 
Or am I? Or is it Catherine Keener? It's Catherine Keener. Ah, fuck. But it's <laughs> yeah, a very similar character. Let's face yes. it. You, they yeah. would be interchangeable in like the her Marissa Tomei, Catherine Keener, yeah. the kind of ilk of a certain age dark haired woman yeah. who can be just switched in out by Hollywood. They're like that woman is like, oh god. Yeah. Yeah. So I get um, it. Yeah, it's um, and we know like. Steve Carell can do these films where there's humour and heart because he's done dozens of them. Yeah, and he did it for years in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's his bread and fucking butter. So it's clearly like, and I think that the the director is a big part of that because Mm. it's, you know... It's the message piece. It's the the message. It's the the bluntness of the message that is being forced in this film. Mm. And I think you, Jack, you've done a good job of kind of it's just a. It's a more coherent message of like, hey, be nice to the people around you. Um, Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, and it's presented in a more digestible way. Yeah, it's much more palatable. Mm. It doesn't move arbitrarily to a different state. <laughs> it ties. Evan keeps his same job because why would he be a congressman? Um, it was. It was those kind of trains of thought that was going on of like why did he move to virginia let's not do that why did he become a congressman let's not do that yeah jim carrey didn't come back let's keep let's keep a bit of jim carrey in why, there. Like, why did he have to grow a beard <laughs> he doesn't grow a beard in this one he it's doesn't fine. grow a beard no nope. no although, transitions although um when you were searching around for uh, a biblical story i hope you considered samson mm. Ooh, steve, steve carell as samson has his hair cutting off his hair losing all his strength have you seen a ball Steve Carell? I think we've seen a ball Steve Carell before. Like SNL sketch probably. Indespicable me. Ah, that's where I had it in my mind. <laughs> Except he didn't get weaker, he got stronger. Billions and Gr- billions. Truest, strongest one there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good fix. It's a good fix. It's a, and again, it's it's a very daunting task. It's as 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 much as I don't want to say it, because obviously we know what's in the entire twelve episode season. It's probably one of the hardest fixes this entire season. Good to know. <laughs> I think. Thank, thank God for that. Because yeah. to to go behind the scenes in, in my kind of, like, this is my first time doing this. This is my first season actually writing the pitches for sequelizers. It's a bit of a... <laughs> and we tricked him into taking the hardest. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I openly was like, yeah, sure, whatever, and then didn't realise what I'd done. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of... Try to try to get stuck in as much as I can, and thankfully we started off with Dark Knight Rises, which is a film I've been sequelizing in my brain ever since that film came out. Mm-hmm. I had fixes for that in 2013 and 2012. <laughs> if I'm, what, it had never occurred to me that like you know what, somebody should make a good Evan Almighty. Never even thought about it until we brought it up on the show. I was like, fuck. <laughs> oh, that's me that has to. Oh shit. Okay. The immediate reaction has just been it. There's no point in why, why would you... Well, yeah. well the, the immediate reaction is, just make it funny. Because, mm. in theory, it works with the whole Noah thing. Yeah, feasibly. Uh, sure, whatever. It's a, it's a barely stretch. a prop, but It's a stretch, but you could do enough with Steve Carell. And as you said, Tim, it's his, it's his thing. He's been doing this for like a decade at this mm-hmm. point already. And he's doing this kind of... He seems like the perfect role for this kind of saccharine, got some heart, got a lot of comedy kind of role, but they just fucked it up. Yeah. Well, it's it's that thing of 
we gave Jim Carrey godlike powers and let's watch him misbehave with them. He's it's basically such a, the mask again. Kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. It's such a natural, like, you're like, oh, okay, I can see the jokes, you know, that would come As from As an elevator that. pitch. Yes. yes. And, and, you know, it for the most part, Bruce Almighty takes those first draft jokes and just goes, yeah, we're happy with those. <laughs> Good enough. Um, but we made Steve Carell Noah, like, it's such a harder place to go like okay well, where are the jokes that come when you from think that? of steve carell you think of noah right but it's <laughs> but it's like well no, i guess what? a lot of animals could show up around him and then he'd oh like he'd have to build an ark so like he'd get delivered wood and then he wouldn't want the wood <laughs> and then he's Fuck, like he's a joke in that movie and then he's like trying to get rid of the wood but no one will take the wood and it's like it's not it's not a it's not a a setup that naturally leads to jokes. Agreed. Whereas like Jesus is basically like trying to improve Steve Carell's life. Like yeah, I, yeah. I can kind of see see the humor emerging I, from. That. I specifically didn't want to do like a redo of Bruce Almighty and just, mm-hmm. oh we'll just give give Steve Carell God the powers, powers yeah. and then let him cause mischief and no, answer emails <laughs> and all I'm that so- bullshit glad you changed the title because not only is the book of evan a better title mm. but he in evan almighty he's not almighty no he, does, he doesn't have get the powers. powers that's the yeah. whole thing yeah I, I was looking up like what what are other phrases with the word god in that i can get away <laughs> with and all this kind of stuff mm. and it's like um the the direct reference i'm making is the book of signs which is the seven mm. signs seven miracles sure. that kind of thing um, obviously, I referenced the the book of Matthew in there. the The cat is called John, book of John. Mm. Obviously, uh, and it's, it, it's also biblical enough in the book of. People go, oh, I know yeah, that phrase. Yeah, yeah. If you say the book of, people almost immediately assume you're talking about something religious. Yeah, effectively, it has that connotation straight mm. away. entirely. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I got in a couple of years before Book of Eli, so yeah, it's fine. Have you guys seen the uh, Brendan Fraser film? Furry Vengeance. I was thinking of that earlier. (laughs) Um, I remember seeing trailers. I've not seen it. I remember seeing trailers for it. it Is there anything you haven't seen, Matt? Yeah, tons of things. I don't believe you. Can't listen. I haven't seen them. Um, No, uh, for Jack and the audience who don't know, Furry Vengeance, I don't know what year it came out on Furry. It's a great title. Probably about 2006. Around about the same sort of time. Yeah. It's not a good title. Um, It's about... I can't remember what it's, it's unfortunately not about furries taking vengeance on at a convention. I assume that's what it was. I don't remember the details. I remember the, the imagery. So Brendan Fraser plays a guy who's trying to do effectively the same thing in this film, clamp down on, you know, woodland areas or something. I think he's a like a housing developer yeah. that's trying to build in an area. And the animals rise up and try and stop him by, you know, releasing skunks in his car and things, and it's all really fucking okay. dumb. Uh, but it still looks a bit better than Evan Almighty, other than that, all flooding looks <laughs> all right. Uh, in the sense, the animals are probably well treated, and it's mostly just dumb jokes with animals and people. And you're it's, like, a, it's a lot of Bru- uh, uh, Brendan Fraser getting shat on or stinked on, or... yeah, or scared by bears, yeah. And it's and, and so, for example, the whole like you know people pitching, okay, so Steve Carell is Noah. And you'd assume almost all the jokes are going to be, and a bear scares him, and then a horse arrives in his house, and oh my god, what's with all the poop? Mm. And camels, oh, what do you do with a camel? And it spits on him. And and yes, there is a fair amount of this in this movie, but I think, to be fair, as the fairy vengeance thing implies, 
or, or, or a very very vengeance uh very much did evan almighty seems to realize that shit gets really old really fast you can't make an entire film well you, you probably could if you're talented enough but you can't really make a film about it for the whole runtime so yeah fairy vengeance was 2010 oh really yeah God, that was longer than that. Same year as the Book of Eli. <laughs> <laughs> and Inception. Bloody hell. Dan Sanders, a real estate developer, must oversee the construction of a green housing development in the Oregon woods, but a furry rebe- rebellion, led by a raccoon, stands in the way of his project. Yay. Should watch it. I'm fine, thanks. Um. So yeah, yeah. that is our fix... For Evan Almighty. Just turn it into Furry Vengeance. Turn Wait, it no. into <laughs> Furry Vengeance. Turn it into the Book of Eli. Yeah. There we go. Steve Carell is a blind man <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic desert. <laughs> now, admittedly, there is the, obviously the fact that we want to entertain as many people as possible with this and hope people have got uh, something out of it and thought to themselves, I haven't thought about this film in years. I haven't thought about Will Smith. Maybe Jesus. Maybe it's Maybe we work. Yeah. He was also going to be Neo at one point. Same mm-hmm. fucking thing. However, one individual in particular, Paddy Fancy. Hopefully you enjoyed this in some way, shape, or form because you wanted us to address this. Or you, or you just wanted to inflict Evan Almighty on There us. is also that, you bastard. <laughs> um, but yeah, similarly, like Paddy Fancy, if you would like... I, I could just say Paddy, but because of this, using Paddy Fancy, I want to make sure it's correct. But if you would like to do the same thing, if you are part of a Patreon tier, you can you know suggest things or... Uh, vote, vote vote on a choice of films exactly you can get involved yourself so you think actually you know it really sucks ass and you <laughs> would have a horrible time dealing with have this because that seems to be what our fan base tends to do i mean we, not all the time but we do put ourselves out there for suffering we inflict plenty of suffering on ourselves yeah we chose to watch son of the mask why are you saying we are martyrs <laughs> <laughs> we are flagellating ourselves with dvds movie mask movie martyrs um, but yeah, but yeah. If you if you want a choice over the punishment that we succumb, Our minister dear, yeah, uh, get on Patreon. Um, yeah. there's uh, plenty of levels for you to follow us at. Uh, you get access to the episodes early and ad free. That's right. Um, every tier from mm-hmm. just a dollar, you get them ad free. You lucky, lucky people. Um, and yeah, you get plenty of bonus content. Um, which contains a variable amount of dick jokes which have been cut out. It's not variable, it's consistent. It's incredibly <laughs> high and available to all patrons above the $10 tier. What's weird is we didn't plan that. It just happened. All the dicks just happened. It was very un- it was very unnerving. I think we're moving away from it now, but we had we had two episodes where it was pretty solid. I think we're moving away from it. I'm not sure anymore. Yeah, sure. Why it's going to circle back. Yeah. It's like melancholia. That's a reference. It is. If you want to be able to vote on a episode per season, mm-hmm. which is how we ended up selecting Despicable Me 3 yeah. earlier this season, you can support us on the $5 tier or above. And if you want to do what Matt suggested earlier and be able to pick a film sequel, specifically a sequel, mm. of your choosing for us to fix. Or te- possibly an interseason discussion. Or an interseason discussion, if you prefer. Bit yeah. of both. Who yeah. knows? It's up to you. Why not? That is $50. That is our maximum tier. Mm-hmm. If you fancy supporting us, we appreciate it. Patreon.com slash sequelizers is the place to go. 
all the extra content, all the bonus stuff, all the good, fun dick jokes, yeah, etc., etc. But uh, as always, show's free. Yep. yep, it's always here for you. It's always There's- available. And we we completely understand that not everyone's in a position where they can uh, support that. Um, If you do, if you're looking for another way uh, to support us, you can go on your uh, podcast catcher of choice. You should all be using Stitcher, of course, naturally. Um, But uh, and give us a rating or uh, and review. Um, Yep, that is always really helpful for us. It gets us more visibility on Mm. on the various platforms. Um, Or as we mentioned earlier in the show, if you're interested in stitcher premium then uh go to stitcher.com slash premium and use the uh code sequelizers you're gonna have to cut that out for the ad free bit oh don't do the second ad that's gonna be a pain in your ass i noticed that i thought myself i thought oh no i'll let him finish cut that out cut that tim tim Tim, you fool cut it out (laughs) tim just stops wanking and says sorry um i was gonna say i was gonna get something What's uh, coming up next, Matt? I can't tell you. What? Why not? We don't, we don't tell them what's coming up next. What? It's not the but way. But it's so mysterious and cool. And animals. Oh. <laughs> Furry Vengeance <There> 2. <gasps> Furry Vengeance 2. We're just... Uh, that's the uh, interseason episode of the sequel we always wanted to see to one of our favourite <laughs> films. Uh, I think there is a Furry Vengeance 2. Fuck off. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise... Like, of course it exists. There's not a dread to, but, but there's, there's a, a very vengeance, vengeance to, because the world is a shithole. No, I don't think there is. I think we're safe for now. Yeah, thank God for that. For now. I'm desperately searching for one. Let's, I mean, the let's w- wrap up, shall we? In, yes, in, a, in, a, in a semi-related, there's loads of Doctor Doolittle... Like Eddie Murphy, God, Doctor Doolittle terrible, sequels. Oh God! Straight to video ones with his kid. Yeah, and, yeah. and the RDJ Doolittle coming right up. Goddamn animal Fuck films, off. man. I don't know for goddamn animals. Never work with animals or children. Yeah, that should be the motto of uh, Evan Almighty. Unless, unless they're blind cats called John. <laughs> yeah, blind cats called John. That's a single animal that's allowed. It's like yeah. the No Homers Club in the Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No Homers, <laughs> and it's played by Rebel Wilson. <laughs> Unzip John unzips. Oh, I'm his own covered skin. in oil. It's okay. I'll just unzip my skin <laughs> and reveal. Uh, fuck you, cats. <laughs> Real life cats. Great. You cool. You cool cats. Musical cats. You're not cool. Suck a dick. <laughs> On that note, see you next week, listeners. Thank you very much for listening. We haven't we haven't done yeah, social media much oh, yet. Oh bollocks. <laughs> tired. Jack is tired. I am very tired. That's alright. Probably tell. <sighs> You tired, Jack? A, a crapping cloud? Should we talk about that again? <laughs> Do you want me to segue into it so I can sure, ask you what you As you wrote this one, Jack, and uh, if people want to come to you on the internet... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Rule 34 slash Jack Chambers. Foxy! I'll do it this time. I'll tell I can do this! As you took the lead in this one, Jack, and wrote the script, if people have questions or want to come to you and ask... Well, Smith, I like it. How do I make this happen? And we said, well, that's not how the show works. <laughs> it's time travel, if you, if you If you want to ask a question about this episode, though, you have to flock to him two by two. Oh! That is, that is I, the rule. I would yeah. be impressed if people did that. Uh, how can people find you, though, Jack? J-L-W Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. I'm going to go and check if that exists. 
<laughs> um, unfortunately, I do. While I do have the initials JC, and my colleagues are now uh, very quickly searching on their phones for Jack Lawrence William Christ, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my initials JLW followed by my surname of Chambers. Unfortunately, not Christ is where you can find me on the social medias. You're lucky that doesn't exist. Well, it will do in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew Horatio Stogden. What up? I've got so many names, that's not one of you them. You have, like, all the biblical names, right? i got some of them, yeah. You're like Matthew, John, James, Daniel, Steve, Bob, Stockton, right? That's all the Matthew, disciples. John, James, all the Daniel, Steve. None of those are my names. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they are. Um, people can find me online with my abbreviated name. Oh, okay. Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all those good places. And you can... See the films I make at cheesemint.com or you can go to the redrighthand.co.uk and read some of the interesting reviews that I have written about films. And this time of year, because of all the award season stuff, there's quite an influx of them. So happy reading, bitches. Tim. Hello. Where can we part your waters? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, how, I, do the, how do the listeners part your tomato soup? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to clean up my Google profile so I don't give that... Uh, uh, that, that particular website out anymore <laughs> um you can find me on twitter at trivia underscore lad uh talk to me about movies or whatevs um or my favorite biblical stories about matthew uh, the, about uh, you uh, the tax collector no 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 me matthew Stockton. okay when he shows up in the bible I, um i do come up at least three times yep uh yeah you can find me on That's twitter uh Talking about nonsense. Mm. Uh, and you should also follow our, our corporate account. <laughs> <laughs> Suck the corporate dick. Ah, the big corporation known as Sequelizers. Known as Sequelizers. Mm, yeah. Sequelizers Inc. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're at Sequelizers on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, we're facebook.com slash Sequelizers. And uh, Patreon, of course, as we've already mentioned. Mm. That's that's some of the many places that you can find us. If you feel compelled to write us absolutely endless hate mail because of our re- our views on religious films, because <laughs> let's face it, once you touch that nerve, all the madness I'm, I'm comes out. I'm ready for the American vitriol. <laughs> Although we were prepared for this with Ghostbusters 2 and Shrek happened, so we, we don't call it right <laughs> that's sometimes. True, that's true, that's <laughs> true. Um, but yes, if you can do that, you can also email us uh, directly at sequelizers at gmail.com mm-hmm. with some advice. How you th- I mean, we're now at the midpoint of the season. This is the midway through, so technically speaking, you can say, how's it going so far? And we can say, yeah, well, just, uh, fuck you. <laughs> it's a learning process. Um, and we've got great stuff lined up in the coming weeks. Yeah. So, um, look forward to it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a commandment. Wait, no, stop the music.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.